welcome everybody to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hans and Harry. How is everybody in viewer and listener land doing tonight? I hope you're all doing well. Uh, Harry, how are you doing tonight, buddy? You know, I'm doing great, Papa. Uh, I just saw you this weekend. We we got together for a little shindig. Uh, I got to meet your daughter for the first time, you know, officially. Um, that was lovely. Um, she's a real she's a real treat. Um, and we watched <laughs> we had some good old good old wrestling. Um, so get ready, everybody. This is our this is our four hour talk about SummerSlam and <laughs> CM Punk entering the Surprise! AEW. So welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Forget the title of the episode. Let's go. <laughs> Surprise drop. Hands, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I, I was not at the uh <laughs> SummerSlam <laughs> party because I was down the shore, but um, you know, I normally with your wrestling events, the only thing that you guys probably didn't enjoy me going and asking questions every five minutes go like who is this person and when will Shawn michaels show up um so, hands but hands yes that's the beauty of it like everybody still wrestles from when we watched bill which goldberg is, was is, in a match I, come on now. I, yeah i thought i and i saw that i thought someone was posting like an old, old like video of SummerSlam, and then like I, I actually saw like some of the results on twitter or instagram and um and it was like live and i'm like no way like nope, this, he was this, really there. Like, Lesnar made his annual return. I saw, which that happens every single year. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought when they said CM Punk came back, I thought it was WWE. That's how much I was mixed up in the weekend. So um, <laughs> yeah, but I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Um, maybe the WrestleMania one, I will be there. Yes, fingers crossed. <laughs> yes, uh, but as much as I love wrestling and the boys here love wrestling, we're not here to talk about wrestling. We're here to talk about something much more sinister. Uh, in honor of the reboot of Candyman coming out soon, we're actually going to dive into our fave five horror movies. Um, so we're talking our favorite five uh, of the horror genre. Uh, this isn't necessarily what we consider the top five uh but Absolutely. definitely our favorites um so with that being said we're gonna kick it off i'll start it off here and uh we'll go through our honorable mentions and then we'll go through the five itself um so my honorable mentions here first one i kind of mentioned this on the uh video game pod that we did a while back video game movie pod but silent hill from 2006 mm. uh absolutely love the movie um is it super scary? Not necessarily. It, is it unsettling? Yes. Uh, there's definitely like a lot of uh, visuals and imagery that really um, gives you a creepy feel. And uh, I think looking at this, yeah, I think that's the only PG-13 horror movie on my list. I mean, I just or wait, was The Conjuring PG-13? I don't remember. No, nah, I'm pretty sure that was our are okay yeah so i'll double i'll double check it for you but yeah i'm pretty sure okay so so yeah silent hill pg-13 horror not something you normally hear as being good but uh but i really enjoyed it uh next for my honorable mention i have the cell from 2000 starring uh vince vaughn and uh jennifer lopez uh Check out my Letterboxd review Hello. of the cell, which I recently did. Yes, I signed up for Letterboxd, and uh, username is Shoryuken, um, which is Ryu's move from Street Fighter. So, yeah, in case you're wondering, uh, look up how to spell oh, that Shoryuken. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the cell, yeah, I describe this as a mashup of Inception and Silence of the Lambs. It's a really uh, kind of creepy movie, and um, 
the premise is basically uh, there's a serial killer on the loose. Um, they actually managed to capture him, but he goes comatose. And the only way to find out the whereabouts of his last victim, who is still alive, but in a torture chamber, is to go inside his mind. So uh, highly recommend. And another movie that has really stunning visuals. Howard Shore did the score for it. So, we, you know, you're mm-hmm. in for a, a nice score there. Uh, next on the honorable mentions list. Uh, probably the best of my favorite slasher franchise, which is the original A Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984. Um, I absolutely love uh, Freddy. Uh, like I said, my favorite uh, slasher franchise is the Nightmare on Elm Street films. And I think the first is the absolute best. Um, I do like uh, Dream Warriors. Um, I think that's a pretty good movie and a nice follow up, although that's later in the franchise. But as far as, you know, freshness and what it brings, the original just uh, can't be topped. Uh, Coming up next on my honorable mentions, I know I've got quite a few here, uh, is Friday the 13th, part seven, The New Blood from 1988. Uh, So that is my second favorite slasher franchise, Friday the 13th. And um, my favorite out of all of those is the seventh one because Jason is basically an undead zombie at this point. Before this, they had kept him somewhat realistic. Um, Jason lives. They kind of made him a little out there with this stuff, but this one, he's flat out just like a zombie and he goes up against a a girl with psychic powers uh, and uh, telekinesis. So I figure what better way uh, to, to combat someone in a monster movie than, you know, being a mutant. And uh, last but not least, 2013's The Conjuring. Uh, did you happen to see if that was our hair? Uh, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was our. I was pretty sure it was because I remember when it was coming out. It was like one of those. Like, yes, like, you know, you always want to go like for me, comedies and horror movies. If you're going with an R rating, you know, you know, you're at least going to get some maturity uh, up yeah. for it instead of uh, the PG-13 kind of garbage. Exactly. So with the, the with the. With The Conjuring, um, I think it's one of the best horror movies um, in the modern era. Uh, I think it was really well done. Love the actors. Um, the scares in it are good. The, uh, the effects are kept simple. And for me, it really harkens back to an earlier era in horror film movies, uh, mm-hmm. which you'll see a lot of mine on my fave fives are older. Uh, and I'll get into why later in the pod. But, um, but I really like the feel of The Conjuring. Uh, so those are my honorable mentions. Do you guys have any thoughts on any of those? Um, I thought that the <laughs> the movie The Cell, um, mm-hmm. I mixed that up with either two different movies. I did, I've did. i never seen the one that you put on your list, <laughs> but um, I had it as The Cell as the movie with Kim Basinger and Chris Evans, where um, <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever seen that. because uh, that's. And then the other one was One Missed Call, which was about the phone... Whenever you get a phone call, you die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's ah. what I mixed it up as. So I'm glad that I've seen that one. So I'm glad the that cell. there's another movie called The Cell. And it sounds <laughs> a lot better than the other two. Yes, um, it, it is. I, I mean, I've never seen the other two, but I can guarantee it's much better. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, your, your other ones, um, I know we're going to touch on Nightmare on Elm Street a little bit later. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the, the Friday 13, 13th movies... I don't think I've seen more than like one or two, um, mm. but I, you know, I, I know it's a lot of people on their list for, for horror movies. Um, Silent Hill, you know, I, I've said my piece with um, it's, it's a very creepy movie for me to watch. Um, I don't even know if I made it the whole way through and 
Um, the Conjuring, I have not seen. Everyone tells me I need to see it. And there's apparently like 12, it's like almost MCU size amount of movies in the Conjuring <laughs> universe. There so, is a Conjuring universe. <laughs> so I need to, I need to get started on those. So, Harry, what, Harry, what about you? Any thoughts? Yeah, I was gonna. I'm jealous of your uh, your letterbox review for the cell. I got to be honest. Uh, I've been on letterbox for a while, and uh, I feel like you're just coming in hot with uh, with your movie comparison there. And uh, super <laughs> jealous of that. Um, yeah, the cell uh, the cell was an interesting one. I just remember that as like a cable <laughs> movie in the early 2000s, just like being on like USAA or TNT, just like all the time. You know, like five o'clock. You know, matinee type uh, movie there. Um, Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, I, ha- I w- not too too familiar with it and when i when i say that like i know the first friday the 13th i know what i know the reveals like it's kind of one of those things of like you see mashups you know or you know things of like uh i think of uh vh1s like i love the 80s like or whatever it was and like you just kind of like see clips of things and you know or montages of horror movies and uh so i couldn't even tell you what new the new blood is about for that one but um Mm -hmm. yeah we'll get into the conjuring uh, a little bit more uh later and nightmare as well so uh be uh, interested to touch base on those but you know solid solid honorable mentions nice mix and match of you know different different decades and different times cool thank you uh hans how about your honorable mentions what do you got buddy all right i'm gonna start off with cabin in the woods um which we're gonna talk about a little bit um what was that 2014 that came out um it's actually like such a a weird i i don't even know if i i was confused i'd like Kind of conflicted putting this if uh, under like horror or like sci more sci-fi because I feel like mm-hmm. it, it does take like a quick 180 into a different genre like halfway through the movie. But mm-hmm. yeah. I think at the same time, like some of the other movies that we're going to discuss, I think if you include them, you can include Cabin in the Woods. But um, yeah, you know, absolutely. we'll 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 dive into it a little bit. Uh, it Chapter One. Um, the only reason I didn't put Chapter Two is because I haven't seen it yet. Um, but <laughs> this is not the 1990s. A lot of people the ni- the 1990 uh, miniseries uh, terrified me. Uh, my brothers and I'm pretty sure his friends made me watch that when I was five, and it, it traumatized me to this day. Like I don't like clowns. Um, so I but was going to cha- say I'm surprised to say see that you saw one chapter one. If any it, if anyone honest- knew Hanratty in the early 2000s, uh, clowns were a big contention of of his life. <laughs> And, and I, I wasn't going to put it, but I remember like being actually kind of being excited for it when it came out. And when I, I saw it in theaters and I really thought it was like a good horror, not just a horror movie, but I think a good movie overall. Yeah. And I heard the second one's a lot like it, it, it builds on the first one a lot, a lot better. And I love I love the cast in the second one that I'm, I just wish I would have seen it sooner. I think I own it on Blu-ray. So we'll see. But um, I know it's on like HBO. Um, the other is The Others with Nicole Kidman from i believe the early 2000s um that was one of those movies where you know it, it really relied on jump scares some psychological kind of horror there and um it had one, a, another movie with like a huge twist ending um but i, I think that that kind of i still remember like where i saw that it was a b-wing into chamonix um <laughs> and like leaving actually like kind of being terrified um the next one the third act of the movie sunshine um, if you haven't seen it, Greg, have you seen this? I have not. I've, not, I've never even heard of Sunshine. Okay. Wow. Um, I, I, as a, like a sci-fi fan, I really recommend like you check it out. It's got a lot yeah. of like upcoming actors. It's got like Chris Evans, um, Killian Murphy, 
um, Benedict Wong. It, it's it's basically about this group of astronauts that go to ignite this sun because it's dying. Um, so there's a like the first two thirds is really heavily sci-fi, but the last like third of the movie is almost like a horror movie, and it, it's yeah. honestly is terrifying. Um, <laughs> and then the other one that I have is Never Ending Story, um, only because as a child it literally terrified me. Like I I you know horror <laughs> up until the age of like nine or ten of giant rock monsters and that wolf that talks that's not a kid's movie. Um, so I'm just going to leave that there. And then, um, last Great one I talked space. about, I've talked about before annihilation. Um, you know, I, this, it, it's more sci-fi, but I did look it up on yeah. IMDb to justify this. So we don't have another fifth element Ooh. since on our hand, um, they Ooh. do classify it as horror. So, um, there's a lot of that. This is a lot of like psychological horror too, which is, um, you know, those are the kind of things that in, in horror movies freak me out the most. Um, if you haven't seen it, Natalie Portman and, and a whole bunch of other people are in it. Um, it has some really, really horrifying just like moments in it. So, um, yeah, that that's my list. I, there's a lot of variety on here. So what do you, what do you guys got? It? There is a lot of variety. Uh, Harry, you want to start <laughs> it off? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, I think, Chris, I think we did see Sunshine together, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, yeah, that movie definitely took a, a turn. Um, I, I think there might have been some alcohol involved before the movie. So I, I think that probably also, uh, you know, colors the, the last third. But but it's definitely a solid choice. Uh, Cabin possible. in the Woods, I'll save for my take for later. Um, it Chapter One, uh, I do. Uh, you know, I'll just talk about it now. I have it on my honorable mentions as well. Um, this one, uh, kind of similar to Greg, kind of the conjuring element of it, where it kind of made it feel like classic horror, top tier horror. Um, I also mentioned again, I'm just stealing it real quick. My honorable mention with, uh, it 1990, my, uh, my dad one time when my sister had a bunch of her friends over was, uh, was watching it and in the living room and they're all on the edge of their seat. And we had this, uh, we, my, my parents had this weird Mardi Gras, like clown poster. And my dad just was outside and pushed it up against this window. <laughs> and like, so all of a sudden all one girl noticed and they all freaked out. So that's uh, amazing. Really, really class. I was upstairs. Uh, I came running down and was laughing. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. Chapter one, really good cast for that. Haven't seen chapter two, just like Chris. I think a lot of people are in that boat, you know, they saw the first one and the box office numbers tell the story with that one too. No one really decided to go see the second one. Uh, the others I heard is amazing because of that twist ending. And I heard it's really good. Haven't seen it. Um, yeah. Never ending story. Sure, bud. Whatever you say. And, I, uh, I just wanted to throw that in there. I, when I hear horror movies, uh, like I think about when I'm like seven or eight. That's what that usually would come to mind. I'll save that one for Greg because uh, he, he had a nice face on for it. And uh, <laughs> Annihilation, I, I get the the uneasiness that I think Greg talked about with Silent Hill. I could see that uh, with Annihilation. But I would definitely lean a little bit more towards sci-fi. But it's got some definite horror elements in it when you kind of think about, you know, um, how the movie ends and, you know, what kind of is going on with it. So, Papa, what you feeling? Um, well, I can't really speak to Sunshine or Annihilation. I haven't seen them yet, although Annihilation, I do really want to see. Um, never ending story. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, sorry, that's not a horror movie. You um, tell me a gi- that giant rock monster and that wolf. He that, was that, friendly. It was hard was to friendly. me. Not yeah, the wolf. I mean, listen, I'm sorry that you were a scaredy cat kid, but I'm just calling it like I see it. Never ending story is a classic. Just now, the second one. I'm bringing the second some one could be construed as horror because there is some genuinely terrifying stuff in there. But uh, yeah. but yeah, the first one, not so much. Um, 
Cabin in the Woods, you know, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, it chapter one, I really enjoyed. You guys definitely have to get on seeing chapter two, if nothing else, but just to finish it. But I, I prefer chapter one, but I do think chapter two was a um, was a good follow up. It wasn't quite as good, but it's, it's almost right there. Uh, so definitely check those out. And the others. Um, well, first of all, I had to look this up on IMDb also to confirm. So I didn't accidentally roast you because I thought this was more suspense, uh, but it does. It is listed as horror as well. So I'll give you a pass there. I remember when I saw it, um, I wasn't a huge fan. I was kind of bored by it, even with the the twist. But um, I think I do need to revisit it also. I think uh, there's I, I feel like my tastes have changed enough where if I watched it now, maybe I'd appreciate it a little more. So I'm not going to um, serial on that one, but uh, <laughs> those are my thoughts on your honorable mentions. Uh, Hair, what do you got, buddy? Yeah. So uh, for my honorable mentions, hopefully there's not a lot of searing going on, uh, but <laughs> um, one of my honorable mentions is the shining 1980 directed by Stanley Kubrick. Uh, it's on uh, somebody's list. So we'll, we'll save that one. Uh, we already touched base on it. Uh, Paranormal activity. I put that on here because I missed out on the Blair Witch project um, back in the early in the late 90s. And Paranormal Activity for me had a similar vibe. Um, you know, we, we were all working at the movie theaters at the time. And there was definitely a, a growing from this movie where it was like, have you heard about this movie? And they did a fantastic job releasing it. I remember it was like available in only like five theaters and then really, really, really slowly uh put it out um till you know until it became you know a large you know obviously you know basically spawned 100 million sequels um but i remember sitting in you know and and this is the beauty i, I think when we we talk about comedies and horror movies we're like you're sitting in a packed house three four five hundred people in there and you're all just like on the edge of your seat waiting to see what happens um so you know a lot of times i talk about it as like the way i kind of form my list is my experience in the theater but also like my experience for watching it that first time and paranormal activity i remember stood out now whether it was like good and i mean this is where we talk about like this isn't our top five this is you know our fave fives <laughs> and, and you know favorite favorite things um let the right one in uh the 2008 version the i believe it's a Swedish film. Um, they did remake it. I think I forget what year it was, but they did remake it, you know, uh, for American screens. And that one's solid too. It, it, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just kind of what, what your preference is. It's kind of like girl with the dragon tattoo. There's, I think the Swedish version of that. And then there's the, you know, Fincher, uh, you know, beautiful, amazing movie that is that one um but anyway uh let the right one in it's a story about uh, a young boy um for those who might be unfamiliar with it a story about a young boy uh who meets this young girl and there's a bunch of murders going on around the town and he finds out there's something unusual about the girl i'll kind of leave it at that um so it's kind of like a young kind of like and i wouldn't say like love story either but there's there's a hint of you know um of that in there so it, it does a little something different from the horror genre and um yeah that that's kind of what i always love to love to take uh film you're next so you're next it's i guess it's probably would be considered a little bit more kind of slasher film um in a way but uh you're next is uh is about a, a couple that goes out for their uh like one of the guys i think it's the guy's uh parents wedding anniversary 
and they go there and basically they get trapped in this house and uh, these people are hunting them in their house. And you start to find out some of the characters maybe aren't who they say they are, which, uh, you know, I'll leave you with that. So some people not, might not be 100 percent familiar with that film, but definitely worth checking out. Uh, probably leans a little bit more towards thriller suspense, but uh, it's categorized in the harder genre. And then finally, my last honorable uh, mention is Hush from 2016. So this is about a, uh, a mute deaf girl or I should say woman uh, who like retreats to her, you know, cabin in, you know, the woods pretty much um, in the middle of nowhere. And uh, she's then she sees a, a shadowy, well, a, basically a figure outside um, who's looking to break in. So uh, real good suspense with that one, because obviously the girl is mute and she's deaf and there's someone trying to break into her home. So they do a really good job with that worth checking out tried to put some movies on here that you know maybe not a lot of people have seen or heard of so uh but yeah that's my honorable mentions thoughts Hans, what do you think so i i actually don't think i've seen like i think i've seen paranormal activity let the right one in. i think that <laughs> was a movie i wanted to see like at the time but i just never yeah. did hush i really wanted to see because i'm i am a, a, a huge fan of mike flanagan um with uh he did uh gerald's game i know he did dr sleep which was the sequel to the Shining and um, Haunting of um, Jesus, Haunting of Hill, not Hill House. Jesus, what's the name of it? Haunt the, oh my God, it's like blanking. No, 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 the TV show on Netflix. Um, Blind Manor? Bly, not, the one before Blind Manor. Uh, Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, yeah I don't know right. Why. Like, I was... uh, yeah, no, because I, I know there was a couple different mo- like variations of that story, and I wanted to make sure I said the right one. Um, but uh, I, I wanted to go back and see that. You know, we talked about it. Um, I agree with paranormal activity, but I think I, I don't remember too much because like what the first one was, because I'm pretty sure the second and third ones were the same exact thing with like found yeah. footage, ghost movies. And it yeah. got to the point where it just got like, uh, it's like the purge at this point where the, you can line them all up and I wouldn't know which one's which, and it's just out of control. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, movies on your list that I've, I've wanting, been wanting to check out the shining I've never seen. Um, which I bought for like eight dollars, so I'm <laughs> hoping to hoping to get into that one. But um, yeah, Papa, what do you think? Uh, so you got some interesting choices on here. Um, I'll admit I haven't I seen or even heard of Hush, uh, so that one sounds pretty intriguing. I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah. You're next. I think I remember seeing it, but it didn't really stand out for me. Um, let the right one in. I haven't seen, but I did see the American remake. Uh, Let me in, and that was really, really good. So yeah. I'm assuming the original version uh, is probably equally, if not better, than uh, the remake. Yeah, um, I would so say in my there. opinion for sure. Yeah, good. Uh, and Paranormal Activity, um, I think is uh, is a pretty good choice. Um, it really, yeah, like Blair Witch was like the first big found footage movie and then i would say the rebirth of it came from paranormal activity like you said yeah uh and yeah at the start of the franchise it was something unique and and scary uh it it had a lot of jump scares um but you know as the franchise wore on so did its welcome and now it's just yeah i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure if i watched it now i'd be like this actually is kind of boring and not that great (laughs) um because it's definitely one of those things where it's like i feel like if you watch paranormal activity at home you'd almost be bored with yourself and be like, let me just open my phone and, Oh, I missed the jump scare. What happened? You know? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I definitely think it's a theater experience for sure. So wait until they re-release it for the uh, 20th anniversary in 2027 and uh, for go sure. check it out. 
and uh the shining you know we'll get into that more later on so oh yeah but uh but you got some good good stuff here oh thanks guys thanks i mean uh, we we all know i usually have the best list so it's it's fine it's it's of course we're not we're not judging but like you know we we all know that (laughs) no one thinks my lists are you know they all think it's great so it's fine (laughs) Uh, we're we're judging. I saw your faces when I said never ending story. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of judgment. It wouldn't be hot takes without judgment. Uh, that's true. That's fair. Uh, all right. So let's jump into our fave five. Um, so I'll kick it off here. And first one on my list is The Exorcist from 1973, uh, directed by Billy uh, Friedkin, aka or William Friedkin. Um, I, I, people call him Billy. I'm not just. That's not a made up name that I used a term of endearment um so this actually is probably the um uh i guess the most uh critically acclaimed on my list uh of movies but uh it actually won an oscar it won two oscars uh best sound and best writing screenplay based on uh material from another medium but it was also nominated multiple times uh nominated for best film editing Best Art Decoration, Best Cinematography, Best Director, Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Linda Blair, Best Actor in a Supporting Role, Jason Miller, Best Actress in a Leading Role, Ellen Burstyn, and Best Picture. So it was definitely well-recognized by the Academy, which isn't something that you see often for horror movies. Absolutely. Um, I just absolutely love this movie. Uh, The first time I saw it, I'm trying to think. I don't even remember to be honest, but I just know that um, every time I watch it, I, Oh, and I should preface this too, but I have to be in a certain like setting to watch horror movies. I can't just watch a horror movie during the day. It's gotta be at night. I gotta have the lights off. Um, And the later at night, the better. So every time I watch the exorcist, it's, you know, keep that setting in mind. And boy, I still get goosebumps and chills during certain scenes of that movie. Um, but it's just it's such a compelling story, uh, very well acted um, and just classic. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I I love the movie. Um, hmm. What about you guys? Um, I for the extras, I haven't seen it. Um, and I can tell you why. I have, one of the reasons I haven't seen it is because um, I'm the big chicken. And <laughs> Greg, I'm the exact opposite of you. Like if I'm going to watch a horror movie. It needs to be Lights like on, maybe like daytime. 11, 11, 12 a.m. Like like around noon, <laughs> like bright sun. Um, I the I remember when I was in like eighth grade, I had a Halloween party at my house. So we were all going to get like scary movies. And my one friend brought The Exorcist. And so instead of watching it, I went to another room to play video games for two hours until The Exorcist was over um so that's where i was the last time i had the opportunity to watch that (laughs) now i understand i had like since then like 26 years to go back and watch it um i've heard excellent horrifying things about it um so i'm gonna just take everyone's word for that um i may go back and watch it at some point um you know i I think that for what people say like it's one of those movies that you know the people feel like you're missing out if you haven't seen it um but it's not just a good horror movie but like you said it's got a bunch of acclaim outside of like horror like in terms of an overall movie um so maybe i'll go back and watch it so that's all i can really comment on it um because i'm i'm a big baby (laughs) okay fair enough and uh power to you for 
for owning that. <laughs> uh, owning Aaron, it. what do you got to say about The Exorcist? Yeah, so The Exorcist for me, I, I definitely watched it once. Similar to you, Greg, I can't remember. I, I definitely was not i was probably in like my early teens and like that's like a real definitive time for stuff i think with like comedies and horrors for sure um and defining your tastes um and for me i was scared like if we're talking top five like this would 100 be on my top five list because i can't revisit um it is absolutely terrifying i mean you know you read off all the nominations and you know things with the academy i think this this movie definitely made horror recognizable of like you can do this and actually do it well and it can get recognition um you know and i think that kind of put that on the map you know it didn't really obviously take you know with obviously a lot of the 80s slasher films you know doing it a different way um but yeah this movie absolutely terrifies me um i have no desire to revisit it um like unless it's like we're getting together to watch The Exorcist. I'm not going to be like Greg one night being like, hey, flip it around. Let me let me toss on The Exorcist. Um, but it, it is, you know, some of the scenes in it, you know, obviously the language in it, um, you know, it just uh, it really like you were saying, get back goosebumps earlier. It really it really gets under your skin and make, it makes me feel uneasy. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if we were definitely talking best, you know, horror films, this would definitely be on my list. Um yeah, I almost put it on my honorable mentions, but I knew we were going to talk about it, so <laughs> I was like, no need. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, what a what an amazing film to watch and be like, you know. And I, there's definitely been things that have trickled out, you know. Obviously, you know, it was made forever ago uh, in the late '70s with like, you know, kind of I don't want to say like tales, but like tales of like what went down, you know, there and how people like felt afterwards and feeling uneasy you know, and things of that nature. So yeah, definitely a great, great choice for, for a fate five. Thanks. Uh, yeah. I mean, this movie, um, I don't know if it was the first exorcism movie, but I think it was, and it definitely like kicked off that subgenre of horror. So just yeah. to show like the, the kind of impact that it had, I mean, you hear the phrase often imitated, never duplicated. That's yeah. the exorcist. So, yeah. and I can't wait till we get to hands. Never have I ever seen because uh, I have a good. <laughs> you Just understand I, I, it's funny that you said that because I, I thought about that about three seconds, like maybe like a minute before you said that. I'm like, oh, no, like, what did I do? I should have just said I saw it and I was afraid of it. Just hands will have just kidding. When we record that one, hands will have a blanket over them in the feeder position. <laughs> hey, guys, welcome to hot takes. We'll, we'll get just you have, across like, too. <laughs> have a long beard because I won't like sleep for like two weeks and just like look disheveled. You definitely won't, dude. That movie is absolutely terrifying. Uh, all right, hands. Well, let's hear uh, what your first pick is. Uh, my first pick is going to be Saw from 2004. Uh, so I didn't actually see this when it was in theaters. I think I, at the time, like I, I I was working for a theater, so um, I you know I was I think interested in the premise but I, I believe I was away at school at the time so um I was like kind of on that break um and a friend in college recommended it to me he's like dude you like you never seen this but I'm like I am like I don't do horror too well like I'll I'll check it out and I think like theme of this episode I, yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah well the, the, do a drinking game every time I say I don't do horror well um but I think um what kind of really like got me like wanting to pick Saul is 
because it's such a like and as you get further and further into the franchise it gets so like off the wall with some of the traps but I, I the first one's so real like it's so grounded in the fact that like this is stuff that like I, I it's not happening in the real world but like it just like could like it's not like so far where like you know there's people crazy enough in this world to actually do this and one of those frightening images in that movie is the final scene, which um, I, I don't know if we are we going to jump into spoiler territory if we've all seen it. Yeah, all out if you want to. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end when it, it it's revealed that you know the jigsaw killer's in the room the whole time and he stands up, he has that like the the makeup on and it it, it honestly it scared the hell out of me because I I did not see it coming. Um, I think that it the whole unnerving like the whole unnerving like setting is like when they're in this like dirty bathroom and you know, it, it you kind of, ma- it makes you think like if you were in that position, like honestly, like what would you do when he's cutting off his leg? Like, is this something that like you would like kind of have to do if, if that was your only means to escape? Um, but you know, I, I think as the trilogy goes on, like I do enjoy the trilogy as a whole. Um, I think the second one is a better movie. But I think in terms of like horror and like and just unsettling, um, like being like feeling that unsettling feeling would be the first one for me. Um, but I, I mean, I watch it. I've probably seen that one more out of the whole like series. I haven't seen um, Spiral yet. I don't know if I actually will see it, but we'll see. Um, but, you know, it really that was another like I think in the early 2000s, there were a lot of movies and, you know, as I said with the others, I think there was, and the Sixth Sense kind of kicked it off too, is where like a lot of these movies had to have these like shock endings. Yeah. And Saw kind of, I think, started to lead the way with the Sixth Sense and a few other films where, um, you know, a lot of people that I know when I asked them, like, did you see the ending of Saw coming? They're like, no. It, it, yeah. it really like kind of is that has that shock value to it. So, um, what do you guys think, Papa? Uh, so Saw, um, very innovative movie. Uh, it was unique and I really enjoyed it, you know, as, as the franchise went on, which we could really say about any of these, um, it kind of declined. I think you're right. The second one was probably the better movie. Uh, third one is when I checked out and then after that, I just didn't see any more, but, uh, but yeah, the first one really good, uh, good cast also, um. I don't know. I, I don't have a ton to say about it just because I, I love it. Uh, I can still picture the poster in my mind. It's got the head with the uh, the jaw piece on it. Um, and it's in kind of like bronze with a black background. Uh, the ending was, um, you know, like you said, a bit of a surprise uh, and it was cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a really good pick. Also, the puppet is terrifying, too. And he just rolls out <laughs> Billy. His, his Billy the puppet. He just rolls yeah. out his Which is like so that's another thing where I feel like, you know, that whole like the whole do you want to play a game? Like I feel like that was like one of those like memorable, like if you had like a hundred most quoted movie lines, that has to be that has to be on there somewhere. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Harry, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, the impact of Saul, I think, is, I mean, still seen today as far as like, you know, when you play like, would you rather do this awful thing or would you rather, you know, do this awful thing, you know, or like, how are you going to escape this, you know, trap uh, for it? Uh, but, yo, shout out really quick to our boy, Sean. Uh, Sean is a trooper. I think he's seen literally every Saul movie and I'm including the uh, newest one, Spiral. 
Um, I think his hope is is like uh, it'll 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 make a comeback, and uh, you know maybe one day, maybe one day. Um, but yeah, so the you guys were talking a little bit about it with um with uh the movie in 1999 that you mentioned, the M Night Shyamalan one. Which one? Uh, Six Sense. Six Sense. So like that movie and Saw were spoiled for me before I saw them. Um, so it becomes the game of like, once that happened, I never really saw Saul other than like, you know, once it became a cable movie and like, you know, you, you flip in and it's like, oh, okay, this is a pretty intense scene. Um, never really followed the franchise after that, to be honest. Uh, you know, that kind of took me out of it in a way. Um, I think what, what year was this again, Chris? You said it was like 2006, 2004, 2004, 2004. So like I was, I was like prime age for it, but I think it was like you missed it the first weekend and then everybody's talking about it. And it's like one of those things of like, oh, okay, so that's what happens. Cool. I guess I really don't need to see the movie now. So um, it's an it's an intriguing series to me. And, you know, for Sean's sake and for, you know, some other sake, I think it's really cool when things kind of make the full 180. You know, we talked about Fast and Furious before where it's like the first movie was great. The other next two weren't, you know, the next three weren't. And then, you know, Fast Five kind of brings it all together. So I hope, you know, maybe something spawns from that. But uh, yeah, I mean, the fun series, interesting, but like, you know, not much here for me as far as, you know, is it good? Because I, you know, didn't really never, never really checked in on it other than I think, honestly, the first Saul movie I saw was like Saul Five or Four. I can't remember, but it was one of them where it was like I was jumping in and you just kind of feel like lost. And what am I doing here? I'm, I'm pretty sure four, five, six, and seven are all the same movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, you could put them in a three ones in 3D. With, come out with the with same Greg, one. Yeah, with yeah Greg, right. Like, I, I think the third one is when I actually do really enjoy the third one. But after, like, I, I think I, I've seen up to seven, but I've checked out, like, after four. I was like, I watched them. I think I was like, I, at, at this point, I've seen them all. Like, let me just see how this ends. And then after yeah. seven, they make two more movies. So I, which I haven't seen. So, well, and yeah. it's it's like you said too. Like you know, the first one is like gritty and like it's believable. You know it, that it could be it could happen. It's slightly realistic, but like as the movies progress, you get more and more insane traps, and it's like okay, like well, come on. Eventually, it's like yeah, like the first one had like the reverse bear trap, and I'm thinking that I think the sixth one had like a factory, which yeah. was basically like full of like I... gadgets. I think I was going to say, and I forgot to make this point. I think one of the problems with Saul was its own success. Like the first one has that grittiness, like that, you know, low budget. The second one takes, you know, a, probably a little bit of a higher budget, does some cool things with it. And then at that point, they probably have unlimited, not unlimited money. You know, they're still making it on a budget, but, you know, to just try and do, you know, what's you got to top it. So, right. um, you know, and nothing beat, you know, kind of beats the reveal in the first one. So, um, you know, that was pretty, pretty, pretty cool moment, even though I didn't see it. So shout out to the yeah. guy who ruined it for me. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, good pick their hands. Uh, Harry, what do you have for us? Yeah. So, uh, we're not going, uh, we're going kind of around the same time of, uh, of Hans's movie. We're jumping to, uh, 2005 and we're talking hostile. Um, so is hostile two a more, gross disgusting terrifying movie probably um but again i you know hostile the first one you know i think at some point everyone has probably had a conversation about doing a trip to europe um whether it be with a buddy that you're really close with whether it be with a group of friends you know maybe it's getting in an rv and driving around you know the united states and parking in walmart parking lots um 
But anyway, so everybody's had that idea of going to Europe, you know, semester abroad, all that good stuff. Um, and what this movie does is it makes you absolutely terrified to ever do that. Um, you know, it has all the kind of cliches of like, don't trust these people or, you know, what's this? Um, and what I really enjoy about the movie is, and again, this is another thing where it's like, you're experiencing it in the theater. Everybody's, you know, on the edge of their seat, you know, they're, they, they're, they're finding these young people, you know, and doing sadistic things, you know, capturing them and then doing whatever they want to, you know, these Americans or, you know, outsiders of the country. And, uh, the last like 20 minutes of the movie are almost like a comedy, um, you know, and you're, you're, you're cheering, you know, like as loud as you can in the theater for, you know, the, the people to try and, you know, make it out or, you know, the, the characters. So um, this one definitely, like, I, as I mentioned, I think, I think you could maybe say the second one's more, you know, <laughs> grotesque, but the, the first one for me has a, has a soft spot in my faves. Um, you know, and like I said, just that, you know, I was, you know, 17 at one time and like, Hey, I'm not going to college. Like, let's take a trip to Europe and like, we'll figure it out. We'll take, so we'll, 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 we'll do it on the cheap. And uh, yeah, this just totally nixed all that. Absolutely <laughs> not. So uh hands what were what was your thoughts on hostel i didn't see it um i you're right like i you know i know we've had our <laughs> you, you mentioned our um rv trip um greg i don't know were you ever part of that conversation where we were nah, in an rv I don't and think i don't so, even man. think we're going to drive it across the country we're just going to drive it in local philadelphia walmart parking lots and, and just, just stay there and just yeah. sleep nice. and park there because they like park rvs yeah Real scenic. Um, yeah. So, um, but I, I think when, when you bring up like, you know, I, I've always wanted to you know travel outside of the country. I mean, I've only done it once um, when I went to Costa Rica, but I think like there is like an, a very unsettling feeling when you're going to a place like you're not familiar with. And it's not like anywhere like in the country, but if you go overseas to like Amsterdam or something, like, I don't know if I'd ever go to like an area that has like, I would never stay in a hostel. I'd never, I, I would, I would, I absolutely would not because it could be so nice, but I think this movie, um, even though I didn't see it, like kind of gives that feeling of like, you know what, if I stay in this place, like I don't, I don't speak their language. Like, I don't know a, if they're talking about me and what they're planning, you know, it, it just, it would be like, now I go to London, like London, I think would probably be the only place I go because you can somewhat understand them. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I, it, it's very like and i know like these kind of torture movies were huge at the time um and you know as much as i love saul i never kind of visited hostel um you know i, I think i'm i'm at the point i'm the point now where i don't know if i'd go back and watch it like i know they have a couple more after i think one or they have like two or three more maybe i don't know yeah they're, they're pretty um, utterly forgettable the uh, the first yeah. one has a little bit of charm but even then i'm not like i'm not even saying hostel is a good movie um, I wouldn't seek it out, but, um, but I, you know, yeah, but I think, phase, the, so. yeah, I know. I think the idea of just like being in that situation where you're like overseas, where it's just not, it's like, you're like, you're probably like in the worst possible situation. If you're got kidnapped in another country and you're in some dirty building, just call, um, just call Liam Neeson. He'll take care of it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. He has He's got a, a very particular skills. set of skills. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I kind of missed it. I, I think it, it came and went. I, and I, I never, you know, it probably was one of those where I came out. I'm like, you know, I'll see it. I, and I didn't. And I kind of, until you mentioned it, I think I forgot all about it. So, uh, I, I'm glad you enjoyed it though. Um, <laughs> you know, and we'll talk about our RV trip uh, later. Um, yeah. Papa, what, what are your, your takes on Hostel? 
so initially when I saw it in theaters, um, as, as you said, Harry, this came out in 2005. Saw was in 2004. Yeah. And I was like, this is just like a more extreme version of saw. Oh yeah. You know, it's not as good uh, of a movie, but it cranks up the gore. So, you know, it's whatever. Um, I actually rewatched it about a year or two ago and I did enjoy it more. And I gave it, um, I give it more merit than I initially did. Um, is it a, a great movie? Yeah. Like you said, it, I mean, it's okay. Uh, yeah. If you're a horror fan, yes, you should seek it out. Uh, if you're not, or you're not big on horror movies, like <coughs> Chris, <laughs> yeah i mean I, I wouldn't go out of my way to see it um but yeah i mean i you know it's it's a decent enough pick and uh it um it really it it set off that like you know torture uh subgenre of um, yeah. of horror so you know For in sure. terms of being an innovator in that regard you know it, it should be included. yeah well i mean you know it's Look, it is a subgenre, and this yeah. is entertainment. So, <laughs> who's to say what art is? Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I like it. I think it's uh, a worthy inclusion, I guess. <laughs> awesome. All Papa, right, I think you're up next. Yeah. So moving on, and guess what? I'm staying in the same franchise, baby. We're going uh, back. <laughs> I'm going with The Exorcist Three uh, Legion. Now, The Exorcist 2 um, was an utterly dreadful movie. There's a lot wrong with it, and there's a reason that nobody ever talks about it. Uh, the Exorcist 3 kind of... The Exorcist 2 follows uh, Regan, uh, Linda Blair's story. Um, the Exorcist 3 follows um, uh, Jason Miller's character's story, um, uh, and also Lieutenant Kinderman's story. So it's... It, it's a sequel, but it doesn't continue that path of following Regan. And it basically, it doesn't um, acknowledge anything that happens in part two. Um, so this movie came out in 1990. It was directed by William Peter, William Peter Blatty, who was actually the author of the exorcist. He got mm -hmm. to direct uh, the third movie. Um, there's a lot of contentious feelings about the movie apparently like the studios were giving him a hard time and he didn't he feels he didn't get to make the movie he wanted but honestly like this movie is so well done uh in terms of like horror um yes there's not an exorcism really in the movie they actually had to include one uh in the end um because initially it didn't have one and even the one at the end is kind of like uh it's neither here nor there but um it's got a lot of good scares and just an utterly uneasy feeling kind of that feeling that you have as you're watching the silence of the lambs that's in here but with a supernatural element added on to it um it's really about them trying to track down the serial killer who has been dead for 20 years but all of a sudden is back out there on the streets killing and what is the mystery behind that um, hmm. so highly recommend it. This movie pops up on cable all the time. It doesn't ever get the love that it deserves, uh, but it absolutely should. Um, it is an excellent addition to the exorcist franchise and just the fact that, uh, 
that I have two movies from the same franchise in here should tell you my love for for that franchise. But uh, highly recommend seeing The Exorcist three. Uh, it's not as gross either as like the um, the third one, or I'm sorry, as the original. Uh, but the first or the third one does have some some very creepy kills. I'll say that. Mm. so i don't know what do you guys think uh hans i know you didn't see the original exorcist have you seen part three i did not see two or three (laughs) um so i'm gonna take your word for it um but you know i I have a feeling that once i watch the exorcist maybe i'll i'll kind of tackle that now is this the is this the last one Uh, are there more than so they made two more uh well actually they made one more which was uh, a prequel and then uh they actually <laughs> when they made that movie there was a whole other movie that was being made and then they stopped production on it and they made a new version of that movie so they uh, released the new version in mm-hmm. theaters and then eventually they re-released the original version it was kind of like the original snyder cut basically they they had gotcha. uh, yeah um so both of those are a prequel to the original exorcist but other than those five movies, no, there's no more in the franchise. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have not seen three, so I can't comment. Uh, I haven't seen okay. two either. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe what I'll do is I'll watch one, then just skip two and go right to three. Um, unless there's any kind of story elements that I need at that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I can't comment on it. So, Har, have you seen three? You know, this is one that when we were looking at our list, this was one that I've missed uh, as well. So, um, I mean, Greg's definitely got me intrigued with it. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm i always intrigued when they kind of use things from the first movie um, to kind of, you know, pull it together. Or, hey, this is, you know, a different storyline. Sounded like it didn't work in the second one. So, <clears throat> but yeah, Greg, I don't know if you want to say anything else uh, about uh, Exorcist 3. But I, yeah, I've not seen this one, sadly. I like uh, the subtitle. Oh. I like the subtitle Legion. It just sounds cool. Yeah. That's and it. there's <laughs> a, a reason that it's called that, obviously. Um, the only thing I'll add is Lieutenant Kinderman. They they actually recast him from the original, but I think for yeah. the better. Um, the original actor passed away and they got uh, George C. Scott to play him in uh, Exorcist 3. So George C. Scott, a tremendous actor. Um, yeah. And they also have... Um, Brad Dourif in this movie, who I absolutely love. Uh, you might know him as the voice of Chucky, played Grima Wormtongue oh, okay. uh, from Lord of the Rings. I mean, he's been in a bunch of stuff, but um, he plays, oh, and uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, of course. Um, but uh, he plays uh, a very, very interesting character that you're not sure what what exactly is going on with him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, great stuff in this movie. Highly recommended, boys. Um. Can I, can I just make a comment real quick? Uh, Brad Dorf is not Brad Renfro, right? No. <laughs> okay, good. Right. Because that's who, I thought of, that's who I thought of, and I'm like, I don't think that guy's a good actor. But like, I think I've seen him, and like, I, I got confused again. I'm like, this is like the whole self thing again. I'm like, wait, Brad? I'm like, Brad Dorf? I'm like, it's not that great. And I'm like, that's yeah. Brad Renfro. Uh, hot in, take uh, sponsored by Prevagen uh, for, <laughs> yeah. for Hans' memory loss. <laughs> We got him. Uh, we got him talking about stuffy, uh, stuffy hates and horror, <laughs> yeah. and here we it's are. Like, he can't even focus. It's just like Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman. I don't know which one I'm watching and which who's in what. So, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what do you got next for us, Hans? Uh, I'm gonna go with It Follows. Um, mm. 2000. What was it? 14, I believe it came out. Um, uh, no, this is 
a very very horrifying movie um now have you either of you guys seen it i don't think harry you haven't seen it no i've not seen this one this is my one regret okay so quick i mean basically the movie is um about this demon that follows people no matter where they are around the world the only way to pass it on to someone and get rid of it is to sleep with someone and then once it basically transfers then the ghost follows that person so or ghost or deep whatever whatever it is it's kind of an um, allegory for an std yeah it's, yeah. it's the, <laughs> not the curable one um yeah. <laughs> but so you know this this the setting is the girl has a, a one-night stand with this guy and he was kind of the victim of it and he tells her you know this is what the, what's going to happen um this is in the first 10 minutes i'm not spoiling anything so um but it's just the idea of that is just like it, it, the girl, you know, starts to go like go crazy because it can take any form for like it could be like a, I think in the trailer show it's like an old lady at some point, but it just like it walks so slow it doesn't walk at like a, like a running pace or whatever. So like you can go to China and probably stay there for I don't know a couple months, and then like you're gonna see in a crowd like this slow walking person towards you, and then once it gets you. Like I'll, I'll let you watch that and see what happens. But um, it, it is, it honestly is just a terrifying concept of just always like having to watch your back because there's something following you that you don't necessarily know like what it is, who, like if it's a real person or not, but um, like some of the images in this movie, like, and there aren't too many, I would say there are not too many jump scares, but there are a couple like scenes in it where you're watching and like, I've, I got chills in my body watching it because and like and i kind of like froze up like i didn't yeah like i wasn't like oh my god like i just like kind of like stared at the screen like in like paralysis and um you know I, I'm, and greg i'm sure you can kind of like you'll you share your feelings on it because like i i remember watching it i watched it at home this might have been i watched it at night um you know because i i like to take chances so i watched a horror movie at night and um <laughs> So I remember like that was kind of like a, a weird like it's kind of movie that like maybe like a couple days after you watch it, you get like weird feelings. Like every time you get like a chill, you're like, oh, no, like hope, 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 hope I don't got anything following me. Um, so. Greg, what, what are your thoughts since, since uh, Harry hasn't seen it? Yeah, um, I think this is a really good pick. It's a very unique movie. Um, I've only seen it once. I, I did see it. uh I want to say it was on Netflix, maybe like a year or two after it came out. Um, but I had heard the buzz about this movie, so I wanted to check it out. And it definitely lived up to expectations. Um, unlike The Babadook, which I think came ar- out around the same time. That was a stupid movie. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but it follows. I, I just, for some reason, I remember those two coming out and me being less than impressed with The Babadook. But I loved It Follows. So, yeah, I think I it heard- was really good. I heard Babadook was like more of a, a comedy. I feel like a lot of people laughed at the Babadook and I've seen a picture of what he looked like and it's, it's hilarious. So <laughs> yeah, just what you want from your horror movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it follows, like I said, uh, very unique, um, definitely chilling in some regards, uh, like you mentioned. So um, I would highly recommend checking this out uh, to anyone that hasn't seen it, but um, yeah, great pick. Thank you. Do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, you know, just, just upset. 
Uh, Baba Duke. I mean, I, 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 if I'm not mistaken, I think I, I don't know what culture the the Baba Duke is from, but maybe that might be some of the disconnect that we experience there because I think it's like a, a kids it's book. A European, I believe. Yeah. So I, I think, I think there's something missing there for that. I didn't hate the Baba Duke as much as Greg did, but I definitely was <laughs> like, that was fun. Um, basically, just like it's just like it's just whack. like Paddington. Yeah. Listen, don't hate on Paddington. Like Paddington is uh, Paddington's pure gold. Um, so I was going to just say real quick about it follows. That was another movie where like, I remember again, there was a build for it. Like it came out, you know, very small release and then kind of built from there. Um, and I just missed the wave on it. Um, really disappointed that I did. So, uh, yeah. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. Check it out, dude. Yeah. Listen, listen, there's only so much time in the day. Letterboxd. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. What's your next pick? My next pick is uh, 2011's, uh, we touched base on, I think, a little bit earlier, Cabin in the Woods, or The Cabin in the Woods, if you want to get correct with the names. Um, So for those who might not have seen this one, because it definitely could have missed some radars, uh, a bunch of friends go, you know, I I don't know if it's like right before college or, (coughs) I mean, or during a college semester right before it starts up or like if it's like a fall break or something. But they basically go to this remote cabin where they uh, they get more than they bargain for four as the tagline would say um so this stars uh thor chris hemsworth um i couldn't remember when i was when i when i was doing some research on it because i i didn't find it exactly but i can't remember like it was right it was the same year as thor when it came out in 2011 um but i couldn't remember i'm pretty sure like they probably came out around each other because i'm pretty sure thor was like the beginning of october and i think this movie was uh in October as well, I would imagine since it's a horror I movie. Think, but I think Cabin was released after Thor, but it was made before Thor. If that yes, makes yeah. sense. that is definitely yeah. that is definitely correct. You can tell by Chris Hemsworth because you can tell he's like he plays, I think, like an athlete, you know, or like yeah. a prototypical college athlete. But he's definitely not Thor sized, uh, but he's definitely in good shape. But I mean, you know, the Hemsworths are pretty pretty much cut from granite. I think so. I think they're good there. Um, Jesse Williams is all, all also in it. Um, so what I love about this movie so much is that it, it has a twist um, and we've kind of Chris has talked a lot about, you know, movies with a twist that add to it. Um, and this definitely takes, uh, you know, the horror genre and really spins it on its head. Um, and Richard Jenkins and, and Bradley Whitford uh, play a huge role in that uh, later on in the movie. Um, yeah, I just uh, I found this movie to be funny, uh, to be pretty scary, pretty terrifying, especially in the last half of it when you know, another surprise, you know, actress shows up and you say, what is going on here? Um, so there's a lot of elements at play with this. And uh, yeah, just, um, you know, I don't want to talk too much about the ending because, you know, if, if you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, I would definitely suggest it. Um, you know, I would definitely say it has a lot of different flavors. So if you aren't a true horror person, such as somebody here, um, you know, I mean, I wouldn't call myself a true horror person, but this movie is, is a lot of fun. And it has uh, a ton of elements that are that are enjoyable. Um, Hands, what are your uh, what are your thoughts? This was on your nominee, right? Yes. So I, I don't I, I when I was kind of saying earlier, I don't think this is like true. Like there are horror elements with like the first half. Um, I remember a lot of people coming out because they were confused. The first like the opening scene of it has nothing to do with horror, where it's just Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins just talking about like whatever and it, it, it's not like a nine to five just hanging out it's not a horror setting and then like all of a sudden like out of nowhere just a big red letters cabin in the woods pops up you're like all right i am watching the same thing um but i, I think like the like the it 
there's a really cool twist with it. And I love that, like, I love that they didn't make a sequel to this because I feel like it made enough money where it could have warranted a sequel. And who was the director with it? I forget. It was um, not Whedon. Uh, he helped uh, produce it. It was... um, Yeah, Drew Goddard. Whedon, Drew Goddard. He had said, um, you know, they asked, like, and, and not to kind of go, go too much into spoiler territory. They're like, oh, what are your thoughts on a sequel? And, like, his exact words were, like, did you watch the movie? Like, <laughs> you saw how it ended? Like, that's that's... There's not going to be a sequel. Um, I, I like how it it, it just kind of it, it it really like uses the horror genre as like it, like a really cool reference for and it kind of like hints back at a lot of like the whole like tropes of horror movies of like who dies and and what order and some and at certain points like you have the jock the the um you know the the what's the the proper word for this podcast a hussy. Um, well, the know, cheerleader, then, the jock and the, the cheerleader and the, cheerleader, yeah. the stoner. And the, then uh, like, you know, the goody yeah. two shoe girl. Um, yeah. So, and I think it's cool. Like, you know, they, they talk about like, I like the, the whole betting and the wagering that they have um, with like what's going on in the house at the time. Um, I think once they get to the, um, the second half, then it really just takes a wild turn, but I think for the better. And I think it, 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 it it's fresh. For the horror genre because i feel like this could have been a, a typical slasher type film and um they they had some fun with it so there's a lot of horror references in it so yeah. um some of them i got some of them i didn't but um i it really for as as someone who's not a fan of horror uh, um i i really did enjoy this movie like i i, I probably would have put it on my top five but i think that the, my other movies were a little little kind of stuck with me a little more so Mm -hmm. yeah i mean as uh as far as this movie goes this just barely missed my honorable mentions as well um absolutely love this movie i think it's a standout horror movie uh especially from like the modern era um like you said you know great cast really turns uh turns the horror genre on its head it's kind of the way scream did with slasher movies this kind of pokes fun at uh reverentially i should say pokes fun at uh, a lot of the stuff from various horror genres so yeah um just a fantastic movie another one if you haven't seen it go out and see it i kind of i kind of want to rewatch it now just talking yeah. about it because it's <laughs> like yeah it hasn't been a couple of years let me rewatch that um but yeah i mean this is a, a great great movie so i'm happy it made somebody's list of fave fives this is really good any final thoughts on it here uh, no, I mean, I, th- I think we kind of summed it up. I would, I would definitely, you know, take the opportunity to see it. Uh, it's, I, I'd always say watching a movie like that now, considering where Chris Hemsworth has gone, um, you know, Jesse Williams is also in the movie who's, you know, Grey's Anatomy fame is like a lifelong there. Um, just seeing two characters like that, that are pretty much, I don't want to say typecasted because I mean, obviously, you know, Chris Hemsworth is, is good in other things, but like everyone's going to know him as Thor and watching him like right before that is, uh, is, is always like interesting and funny to see. So. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, moving on, um, we're going to go with my next pick, which is from 1974 directed by Toby Hooper who will survive and what will be left of them. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
Uh, I absolutely love this movie. I remember the first time I saw this, I was uh, probably about 17 and me and my buddy Joe um, watched it uh, most likely on VHS in my room. And I was just like mind blown (laughs) at how awesome this movie was. You know, I had always heard of it uh, because I had been watching horror movies since I was a young child, <laughs> please don't judge my parents. <laughs> um, but uh, this one I didn't see until you know I was around seventeen. And um, as as a horror movie, it's just it's so good. I mean, it's uh, one of those movies where it kind of sets the pace for things to come in the horror genre, where you know these kids get stranded in the middle of nowhere um, and. Uh, there's this insane family that's after them uh, out to kill them and eat them. And uh, this is something that you'll see continuously throughout the horror genre for years to come. But the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the one that started it. Um, It does say inspired by a true story. And uh, they, they kind of make it out to be um, uh, in the movie itself. They, they make it out to be like a real situation that happened, which was pretty cool too. Um, but in actuality, it was based off the serial killer, Ed Gein, uh, for anybody that knows <laughs> about him. Um, he liked to cut people up and make uh, furniture out of their body parts. So um, that's kind of the concept of where Leatherface comes from, the main uh, character from the, the franchise. But um, they've done a ton of movies in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Uh, honestly, I think the first one, and maybe the reboot are the two best. Um, all the rest are kind of hit or miss. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, I believe, got his start in uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, one of the movies. I think it was The Next Generation and Renee Zellweger, I believe, as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you've got a, a lineage there. But uh, but this movie is just absolutely fantastic. Very, uh, very scary, gory um sickening uh but it's a fun <laughs> watch <laughs> uh so hair have you seen the texas chainsaw massacre any thoughts about it so yeah so i've seen it and i would say it's disturbing um mm-hmm. we talked about the exorcist and like i think the exorcist you know just because it's you know one year after um you know the exorcist came out i think the exorcist has a level to it where it's like iconic and i think it's uh well done where I think the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like just ugly and gross and like disgusting. Um, I love the way that you describe that. <laughs> it is it is it is chilling as well because you are thinking like again it, it kind of takes that you know uh, you know I'm sure it inspired things like Hostel where it's like hey you're in you know out west you know and, and my dad would always talk to me about you know when he was younger and just going out west and it's like. You're kind of like, you know, there's not really like a lot of, you know, things that, you know, can prepare you. I mean, in Texas, you know, anything goes. Um, so like you kind of think about that and you're like, oh, if I find myself on a road where, you know, there's there's no exits for X amount of miles and no gas stations, like where am I really? Um, no houses. And there's just kind of this, you know, so, um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a haunting movie. Um, one that I haven't revisited other than I would say like the massive amount of remakes over, you know, the many years of the two thousands and listen, they're not good, but I think what they do capture is that element of being disturbing, um, you know, or being, you know, you know, haunting in a way, you know, obviously, you know, uh, 
yeah, it's just it's a it's a challenging. I would say it's a challenging watch probably a little bit now just because of you know I, I I'm trying to remember. I, I don't think it moves very quickly. Um, like as far as just, you know, the, the pace of it. So I, I think it'd be a challenging watch nowadays for anyone who might be new to it. And that might be a turnoff, but it's definitely, again, if you're a horror fan and it's a classic missing on your list, you know, definitely take, you know, try to try to add it on there for sure. Um, hands. What about you? Um, I haven't seen the 74 version. I've seen the one with Jessica Biel, which what was it, like 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen that one. I've yeah. seen the one with Alexandra Daddario that came out in like 2000. 13 maybe um so those are the only two that i've seen now i i mean without the original then we wouldn't have gotten like the 2003 version with with jessica biel um i I think the story is terrifying this is another one where it's just like you know you're driving down a road and now all of a sudden you have like a crazy crazy family after you trying to cut you up with a chainsaw so i mean just you know i like the jessica biel version um you know as I, from someone who hasn't seen the original, I mean, this uh, that is my the my only kind of acknowledgement of this franchise existing. Um, I've heard that the first, the seventy four and just going by what you said is, is horrifying. Um, you know, I, I, I it's probably I feel like the seventy four and and maybe you can kind of speak on it. The seventy four version is probably a little more of a horror movie when this the newer one's probably just more like a hacker kind of slash type. I guess I don't know. Like I, um, a little bit. I I would say the main difference is the the original version is like slightly grittier, and that's just because yeah. of the time that it was filmed. So it right. looks dirty and gritty. Yeah, uh, which is why I think I would prefer because I feel like I, I, you know, if I didn't know that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that the one with Jessica Biel, was based on a previous story, I probably would have just been like, oh, another like hacker, like like hack and slash kind of you know movie. Um, but I liked, I liked older films and like how they're, like you said, like how they're filmed, like these type of like, like with the grit to it. So I, I, you know, with you guys talking it up, I'll probably go back and check it out. Um, but I, uh, I haven't seen the 74 one. Uh, side note, if you guys really want to get your mind blown, (laughs) watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, where Dennis Hopper is a, uh, a guy who, um, had a family member who was uh i believe killed by leatherface so he goes to challenge leatherface in a chainsaw duel <laughs> yes oh, that's see, that's now like my interest in this just like peaked so because i want to see two just throwing dennis I hopper with chainsaws dennis hopper fight someone with a chainsaw um yeah yeah i and you know this is like i think that maybe like what i kind of am reminded like this reminds me of and i know this is it's probably um, like influenced by Texas Chainsaw is I meant to put on my honorable mentions is House of a Thousand Corpses. If you guys have not seen that. Um, that probably would have been on my top five if I kind of remembered it earlier enough. But talking about Texas Chainsaw made me think of that. Like it's kind of like same, somewhat of an idea except wackier. I love that movie, and that is a hundred percent influenced by Texas Chainsaw Master. Yeah. it's yeah. it's very apparent. Yeah, I, and you know, since I, you know, I don't like horror, but I love House of a Thousand Corpses and mm-hmm. its sequel, Devil's Rejects, which is not a horror movie, but right. um, but, but probably even know, better than the original. It's it, in my top fifteen favorite movies of all time. Wow. So, yeah, but if if I you haven't, Greg or Howard, if you haven't seen House of a Thousand Corpses, then I, I, I recommend not. checking that out. All right, it's got Rain Wilson in it. Yes. Like, yeah, it does. For like and Chris Hardwick. Minutes. Yeah, for like 20 minutes. 
Uh, um, all right. Well, cool. that's pretty much it for Texas Chainsaw, I guess. Uh, hands, what do you got next for us? I'm going to go with The Ring. Um, the Gore Verbinski version, not the one that came out in 2017. I think it was called Rings. And I think I had a couple sequels with it. I haven't seen them. I'm not, yeah. you know. Um, the Ring, uh, who's it? Naomi Watts. Um, Adam Brody shows up in it. Um, he's in it for hey, a bit. Hey, let's go. Um, you know, if you're not familiar with it, it uh, what was it, 2003 it came out. Uh, basically, you watch a movie or watch a VHS tape with a bunch of images in it, and then a week later, you die. Um, which is actually um, kind of a, 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 you know, a silly concept, but um, some of the images in it, in it, it, it really reminds me of how they shot this movie with like some of the coloring in it. Um, and I know, I don't know, Greg, you don't watch Ozark, do you? I know, Harry, you watch Ozark, where like everything's yeah. like blue and like that like yeah. weird like, kind of color. Um, they, they film it like this movie has like a blue tint in the whole thing. And it's very like, and, and it matches the kind of setting of, you know, this, um, she's a, uh, Naomi Watts is like a journalist who's trying to investigate, investigate, um, like a death of, I don't know if it's her hometown. I think it was, um, but she basically comes across the tape, watches it. And now she has to figure out like what's going to happen in, in seven days. Um, she gets like creepy calls on the phone. It'll say like six days so to, just to yeah. let her know if she has a problem counting. Um, better times coming um, has an absolutely horrifying, horrifying scene of when someone pops out, when Samara pops out of the TV towards the end, which um, after I watched that, I actually didn't go near my TV for a little bit because afraid of girls popping out. <laughs> I was 18 at the time. I was considered an adult and I watched this. I watched this in a movie theater with my ex-girlfriend and I did not watch TV for maybe two, three days because it terrified me. Um, I don't even think I watched VHSs to be honest. Um, at that point, you know, DVDs were coming outside of the TV. <laughs> um, but it, 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 this is like a type of like, I think there's maybe one or two jump scares in it, but this really relies on like creepy visuals because um, whenever like Samar is on screen, she has the long black hair covering her face and you really don't know like who she is like she's trying to the the Naomi Watts is trying to like kind of investigate her death as well um and it's just a very it, it, the visuals in it like it, it's a very creepy movie um I have watched it like maybe a couple times over the years um I haven't seen the sequels or the remake of in 2017 I heard it's You're good all right thank you then um I heard it's somewhat or whatever it's not going to beat the 2003 version but um, you know, I, I still remember watching this and like kind of it, it scared it scared the hell out of me for a while, um, to the point where yeah, I wouldn't watch VHS or TV. What do you guys think? What, what did, did you guys did you guys uh, watch this and, and have irrational fears afterwards? Uh, so I didn't have any irrational fears, but um, I, I enjoyed it at the time. I think this was. Uh another movie that kicked off the subgenre which was j horror remakes uh japanese horror mm, remakes yeah uh because this was based on ringu um i didn't see the sequels or the remake either this movie for me was a little forgettable i think i actually preferred the grudge um which was another okay. j horror uh but it was i mean it was good <clears throat> it was just i only saw it once which was when it was in theaters so it's been like 19 years now um 
yeah i mean it's yeah. it's a decent choice i guess <laughs> i don't have a ton to say yeah. about it hair what about you yeah, this is uh, this is one again missing in the catalog for me. I was 14 when this movie came out. Um, I'm going to blame 14 year old high school Harry for not asking, you know, a girl out to <laughs> to go see this film in a in a movie theater because this is uh, it was PG 13. I mean, this would have been prime time Friday night packed house uh, alley for that. Um, love the concept of it. Um, I do remember, you know, again, I mean, we're really dating ourselves with 2002 and DHS tapes. Uh, but uh, but, you know, that was uh, there was like a thing there with the Internet, you know, I mean, when, you know, instant messenger or like, you know, the rise of social media a couple of years later, where it was like they would do kind of ring things. Like I remember somebody sent me a video and all of a sudden, like they there was like some elements of like my address in there and like stuff like this. And then I got a call and it was like, you know, you you have six days or something. And it was like. I gotta, I'm in my house alone. I gotta, I gotta go outside. I gotta go do something. Um, so definitely a really cool, you know, concept as far as, you know, being terrified probably, um, you know, and, and using a medium that, you know, everybody uses, which is a television to, uh, to make people scared. Um, but yeah, totally, totally a miss on this one for me. I think I tried to watch it once or twice, but it was always probably in a group setting when like, you know, you could just tune it out and probably talk to somebody where it was like, you didn't really have pay attention to it so were you too scared um, yeah i wouldn't say i was too scared I, I would just say like it's just something where it's like sometimes with horror movies like this like they're not like my go-to like i'm not going to sit there scrolling through netflix and be like i'm watching the ring tonight so it usually has to come from others where it's like hey if there's you know me and the wife or me and a friend and it's like yo let's watch the ring and it would have been like yeah sure let's do it but um yeah for me it was just you know not something i always seeked out for films like that hmm. okay uh hair what do you got yeah so next for me uh we talked a little bit about it earlier uh but is the conjuring from uh 2013 now i again i would say this could be a case where you could even say the conjuring 2 is you know more terrifying than the conjuring uh you know one but uh greg had mentioned it a little bit earlier when just kind of discussing the film it really kind of felt old school horror it felt very similar to you know the exorcist you know being chilling you know, not not to that level, you know, all the way there, but definitely had, you know, moments where you were, you know, really, really feeling it like where you, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to be careful with my words here where you're really feeling it where you're, you're absolutely terrified. Um, you know, and I think this kind of helped spawn off the you know past couple of years, um, you know, with, the, you know, we talked about the haunting movies or the haunting series on Netflix where, you know, Hey, you know, we're going in to investigate this house or, you know, something terrible happened here and now we're, you know, a part of it, or, you know, a part of the spirit of it is clinging to either the house or the people. Um, but yeah, great, great chemistry. I would also say, you know, just because they've been in multiple movies with Patrick Wilson and, and Vera Farmiga, um, just, they work really excellent <clears throat> together with it. Um, and it's something, you know, which I think a lot of horror movies have trouble doing is gaining credibility early on. Um, and I think, you know, the conjuring the, and especially the first one does a really good job of gaining that credibility and also getting you to buy in pretty early with it. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the conjuring is, is my choice, uh, for it. So, so Papa, I think it was on your, your short list you mentioned or. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was on my honorable mentions. And yeah, um, yeah it's just a, a really, really great movie. Um, I do prefer the first one over the second one. Um, 
but I mean, honestly, it's it's like neck and neck. Uh, yeah. And even the third one was really good, although not as good as yeah. the first two. Um, but yeah, it's a, a fantastic franchise. Um, I would say if you haven't seen them, definitely check out the main Conjuring series. I haven't seen uh, the Annabelle stuff, but I did see the nun. Um, it was a fun horror movie. Not great. Not a good movie, but, you know, fun horror movie. Uh, and was La Llorona part of that series also? I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that, that was so. okay. Um, like seven movies. Yeah, it's it's crazy that all this spun out of uh, The Conjuring. Yeah. But um, but yeah, well, I mean, it really... There's a Annabelle movie too, I think. I I think there's three. Yeah. I'm Annabelle, pretty sure there's three. Yeah. Annabelle comes home. Yeah. Annabelle comes home. Creation and Annabelle comes home. But yeah, I mean, the reason that I love this so much is what hair uh, touched on, which is it harkens back to old school horror movies. Um, man, it's just uh, the 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 way that the tension ratchets up over the movie until all hell breaks loose. Uh, yeah. That is like my go to recipe when it comes to horror movies. So yeah. <laughs> if, if that's the way your horror Keep movie is structured. That. Exactly. It. If that's the way your horror movie is structured, then I'm all for it. I love that it's set in the past, also in the 70s, so people don't have cell phones. Yeah. They're not like, hey, what's going on, dude? You know, it's like none of that exists. It's just you and the terror. Uh, yeah. I love it. So one more, one more thing I was going to mention because I, I can't remember if the first one, if I saw it, but the second one I saw in Dolby, or maybe it even was the first one. So that premium format of it, where like every inch of, you know, the sound is like coming for you. They did a really good job with that as well. And, you know, the kind of what you're talking about, Greg, with that buildup of just, you know, you're continuing to, you know, turn it and pull us in and pull us in and then boom, you know, everything hits um, for it. So hands uh, conjuring for you. <coughs> I think you talked about it earlier. Didn't see them. Um, there's, um, I, you know, and, and surprisingly, like 2013, like, I don't think I was a coward at that point. Um, like, I think I was maybe probably kind of <laughs> oh, breaking away. Don't but, beat yourself up. Nah. Um, but I didn't realize that, like, I, I think it was maybe recently where I'm like, I think before the third one, the third one just came out, like, this, like, over the summer, right? Yeah, the devil uh, made yes, me do yeah, it. Yeah. The devil made me do it. Then someone's like, I, like, I, I believe I was talking to someone, they're like, oh, well, you know, you have to see the Annabelle movies and the Nun. I was like, "Why? Who cares about them?" And they're like, "It's part of the Conjuring universe." I'm like, "Like, like, come on!" Like, as someone who you loves, don't have to see them, yeah. as someone who who loves the MCU that consists of 23 movies, I'm like, this just seems too much for me. Like, I feel like, especially for like a genre I don't like, I like I would be investing so much to watch seven movies or eight movies. Now, I, I like Patrick Wilson and Veer for me. For me, how you say her last name? From Vermiga, something. Vermiga, thank you. Um, and I, I might check out The Conjuring on like a Sunday afternoon at like two p.m. When the there you go. Out. When the sun yeah. is at its zenith. <laughs> yeah, when it's just shining bright through my window. Um, maybe I'll show Finn The Conjuring, see what he thinks too. Um, <laughs> we can watch it together. Um, it's a pass instead of cars. Good luck convincing the wife for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, it, I think what, what kind of interests me is that like how the conjuring kind of grew from like one movie to what it is now. Um, and I haven't heard anyone speak like kind of like any, like ill of the series. So I think it's something I'll, I'll check out. Um, I don't, you know, at some point, um, but when I do, I'll, I'll let you guys know right away. 
Maybe I'll watch one this weekend. Maybe. Nice. Ooh, wow. And a, I will uh, report back. You. Oh, I look yeah, forward we'll to that. Bold yeah. claim. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm not committing <laughs> to anything, but. Obviously. Will that be before <laughs> or after you watch Captain Marvel? That was dun, on TV dun, the <laughs> Yep. All right. Uh, well, good pick, Harry. Excellent pick. Um, thank you. Thank you. That brings it back to me. Uh, so I'm going to go with 1979, directed by Ridley Scott, mm. Alien. Uh, so Alien really kicks off uh, a whole franchise. Um, and the franchise is pretty good about varying uh, what happens in the movies. Like each movie definitely feels like a different theme and pace which i guess is what you want um but the original is firmly horror for me and um i just actually rewatched it last night in preparation for the episode absolutely love it uh i mean man similar to star wars and by the way this movie was greenlit because of star wars success um uh but similar to star wars ridley scott did uh when he made the sets or or you know when he I guess directed the people with set design. Um, it's it feels very like lived in, very realistic and gritty. Um, so I absolutely love that. The creature design for the alien itself, uh, horrific and beautiful all at once. Um, it really plays on uh this fear of um, I mean, for lack of a better term, it, it's it's rape. Um, but this is mm. You know, when the face huggers come on and implant you with an egg, um, that's what it is. And uh, it kind of plays on that emotion with every type of human being, uh, you know, regardless of gender. Um, the tension of being in a confined space in the middle of outer space where you can't get away from this thing, uh, just tremendous. And the fact that it seems so unkillable i mean it's got a defense mechanism uh uh where it's acid or its blood is acid and uh this thing has just spikes and moves like uh like a cat and it uh it hides it's jet black i mean it's crazy uh so they really just went above and beyond when it came to design with this movie and again you know it's uh, a little slow paced at, in the beginning and things just ratchet up. Um, the sci-fi elements of it are great. Uh, the only thing that's a little dated is the um, uh, the mother computer, which they just call mother. Um, it's like a giant computer in a room, uh, which I guess maybe is what they thought, thought the future would be in 1979. But uh, <laughs> now my laptop is probably my cell phone is probably more powerful than that computer. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's just a fantastic movie. Um, it really, really shines. It was my first five-star review on Letterboxd. Absolutely love nice. this movie. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I'm sure you guys have had to have seen this. Uh, so what are your thoughts? I actually saw Alien because of you, because you you gave me the DVDs for the first three because I didn't have I, I think I told you I'd never seen it. And you're like, yes. I think you had them on like a different format. And yeah. you're like, I don't need these anymore. So here. So I watched one and two. I didn't watch Alien 3. Um, up until that point, like the only thing I really knew about Alien was like, I saw Alien vs. Predator, both of them, which whatever. <laughs> We're not talking about them. Um, I know like Prometheus, Covenant, like I haven't seen those. 
So, I mean, I've heard they're good. But Alien, my only other, um, uh, like, kind of knowledge of it was on the great movie ride at, at, at uh, MGM or <laughs> Hollywood Studios, R.I.P., yeah. which is no longer there. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, that whole scene is, like, terrible. Like, I remember being scared of that when I was, like, five or six. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Like, the Xenomorph is, like, a terrifying creature. It, it really is. And I haven't watched it in a few years, probably since you gave me the, the DVD. And, um, you know, I remember being, like, that whole unsettling kind of atmosphere when you're in space and you know this thing's chasing you like trying to kill you and like the face huggers i we talked about this with the suicide squad is where like the starfish come on your face and you know start like attaching your face and taking over you i think the xenomorph like kind of like like aspect of that is like just as terrifying and it's probably why mm-hmm. i hate it starfish now um because of alien <laughs> and um you know it has a lot of iconic scenes in it and um you know the with the the alien popping out of john hurt which um you know is referenced in Spaceballs, which is hilarious <laughs> yes um but i is this the one where like i and i don't remember if this is one or two this might even be three i don't even know i remember saying it where she fights her fights the xenomorph in the mech suit is that this one or is that the second that's one? the second one where yeah, she fights so, okay one. yeah okay all right then I'm, I'm mixing up a little bit um but i do remember like it, it it is like a very like it is horror like this is one where like if you if you're balancing in between sci-fi and horror i would go more horror because there are more horror elements to it than and it's like a horror movie that takes place in a sci-fi setting mm-hmm. um but you know i i, I i've only watched it once um you know i i want to I, I think the concept of them, like with Prometheus and Covenant, is is really cool to like kind of dig deeper into that world. Um, so I'll probably give them a shot at some point. Um, but you know, as as far as the first Alien, like yeah, it, it's one of Ridley Scott's like greatest movies. So. If you can get through Alien, you can definitely get through any of the others in the series. So I highly yeah. recommend checking out Prometheus and Covenant. Okay. Yeah, M3, I heard they're while more, you're at it. They're yeah, I heard they're more sci-fi. They're not necessarily like horror. They really rely on the sci-fi aspect of, of the series, which I think it, it, it's cool. I, I might have seen Covenant now that I think about it. Um, I don't think which was the most recent one, Covenant or Covenant. Prometheus? Covenant. I saw Prometheus. I haven't seen Covenant. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, right, what, what do you think you, about Alien? Yeah, I mean, um, it's great. Uh, you know. Female superhero, or not female superhero, but female hero comes to mind with with it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with kind of turning. You know, I believe during that time, you know, or with the cast of that movie, because again, not alive in 1979, but there was a lot of heavy hitters in there, and I think it was surprising that Sigourney Weaver was kind of the one who kind of you know made it out per se with that. Um, yeah, I mean, and Chris mentioned it earlier, the kind of the the dinner scene. Um, you know, when, you know, they have this issue where, you know, the face hugger, you know, all of a sudden leaves the face and just, it's like, Oh, every, everything's good. Like, let's, let's eat. Let's, you know, let's, let's try to get back to normal. That was kind of weird. And, uh, and then things really, really ratchet up, uh, with it and kind of, you know, take a turn for, uh, the bloodiest of bloodiest worse, uh, for it. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I also 2001 A Space Odyssey comes to mind with kind of you were talking about, you know, old sci fi that kind of feels lived in, you know, as mm-hmm. far as, you know, that. Um, but, yeah, definitely Alien, you know, highly, highly recommend, um, you know, Aliens too. Uh, you know, definitely check it out. Completely different, but worth seeing. 
Um, but yeah, lo- love Alien. Uh, wonderful choice, wonderful addition to our to our Fave Five list. I really think with Aliens also that Jim Cameron was. Uh, I-, I can't imagine anybody else picking up the slack from Ridley Scott for that movie because mm-hmm. when I rewatched Alien last night, like there are just scenes that give off. And I obviously I know this predates it, but um, the abyss, like a lot of stuff from yep. the abyss, it kind of echoes what's going on in Alien and uh, and Jim Cameron directed the abyss. So it's like I can totally see, you know, why he was chosen. I don't remember if it was if the abyss came before or after Aliens, but yeah. either way, um, um, I, I feel tag- like he was a great successor. Wasn't the tagline for this movie like in space? No one can hear you scream. It is so like that's you know I mean that's just kind of you know it really sets the tone of like you know and I mean great marketing on their part but it really sets the tone for like what are you going to do if you have this murderous you know alien on your ship and you can't leave you know or you you know to escape is going to be almost impossible so um, yeah really ratchets up the tension uh, for sure in that one it's really kind of like you know I know the term was invented with video games but survival horror This yeah. is like really the first instance I can think of in a movie of it. Yeah. So pretty cool. Uh, all right, hands. What do you got next for us? Uh, I got nightmare on Elm street, the 1984 version, not the one with uh, the, whatever year came out with um, Jackie Earl Haley, which <laughs> with, with that whole movie aside, I, I actually did see that one. He's a fantastic Freddy Krueger. Like, and he's a, just a creepy guy. Like I, he's perfect for that role. He doesn't beat Robert England though. Um, you know, I, the Nightmare on Elm Street series, I've only seen like maybe three of them. I didn't really stick with the whole series. Um, this was another one where, you know, you watch it and it, it, there's so much like the fact that, you know, like as a kid, you don't necessarily know that, that Freddy's not real. Like you think like in the, your mindset, like there are monsters and, and, you know, you have a nightmare and you're like, Oh crap, it's probably Freddy. And, and this, I remember seeing this at a, at a young age, and I, I think I, I stayed up a lot of nights because I was afraid to fall asleep. Um, and I saw it around the age of like 10. Um, and I think like, and you know what? I love the fact that like Freddy Krueger is such like a, like, like a horrifying, like, like concept of not being able to fall asleep because he'll get you in your dreams. But I think it's just like, he's one of the funniest horror villains ever because he just has like these one liners and just like, not only is he going to kill you in your dreams, he'll just flat out insult you or just like call you like some weird name as he's like torturing you. And he's like his, like Robert England's delivery of it is just like, I, I think he, he must've had so much fun playing that character. Cause I feel like, I feel like a lot of that, they probably just said like, all right, like just act like a maniac. And like, just like, I, I, I hope like, I feel like he ad-libbed a lot of it. Um, you know, I haven't seen any of the makings of, of you know, of them, but um you know, it faded it, Johnny Depp. We get Johnny Depp because of a uh, nightmare on Elm street. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks for that. We wouldn't have pirates at, if, if it wasn't for uh, nightmare on Elm street. Um, Interesting logic. We're, we're all yeah, the big winners you. here. Cause pirates exist. <laughs> um, but I think that um, it, it is really terrifying because I think, I, and I will admit like towards the end, it falls apart a little bit because like once she brings him out of the dream, it doesn't really become a horror movie anymore because he's like a real person. It's just like her being chased by him and it, it kind of loses the horror aspect of it. But I think like some of the kills that he has in the dreams are like, are legit like nightmare fuel. 
And, um, you know, it, it spawned God knows how many movies. I don't even know how many is in this, in this, in the original series. Um, you know, you get new nightmare, which I don't hate. I actually think it's pretty solid. And mm-hmm. Freddy's dead, which is one of, I, I should have put that on my top comedies. That is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. And it's, and it, it, it's not for coming from one of the scariest movies to getting to that point. to one of, and I know that was one of the first movies to utilize the, um, 3d red and blue glasses um so if you haven't seen that and you can't you can track that down somewhere check that out it's hilarious um but you know it uh i I, it always stuck with me and i think that i I, because of like how scared i was um of the original i like i wanted to check out the new one i just didn't have the same thing it just had like typical um you know like kind of slasher type like it it didn't feel as like kind of special as the original one did. Um, and I'll go to town and defend Freddy versus Jason until I die. So even though the, the concepts are two, di- they're to- two totally different concept um, villains, but you know, um, but I think it, it really, it kind of paved the way for a lot of horror. Like it's in, in terms of state, like horror staples, you know, you go Friday 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, like I, I consider them like the big three in the horror in the horror like genre. So um, you know, it it, it definitely it, it, it I think it when I still watch it, it scares me. So I think after a movie that came out before I was boring and still doing that, you know, it, it says a lot. So Good. yeah. So uh, uh, Hatter, ha- have you seen this hour? Uh yeah, I have seen it, but I'm interested because Greg had it on his honorable mention, so okay. I want to hear what Greg has. Oh yeah, sorry, good. Yeah, no, it's okay. Uh, I, you know, like you, I love this movie. Uh, it, as Harry noted, it made it onto my honorable mentions. Um, Freddie is a lot less jokey with the one-liners in this one. Um, he doesn't really become that Freddie until like later on in the movies uh, or in the series. But um, yeah, it, you know, the waking world is full of evil and bad things and don't get me wrong there's a lot of good also but the one time that you should be able to get away is in your dreams and when you've got a serial killer who is you know a a pedophile um and he's got knives for fingers and he's hunting you down and stalking you in your dreams you're out of luck (laughs) so I can't think yeah. of much more that could be terrifying uh, than that. Um, the kills, absolutely insane. Love them. Uh, like you said, you know, Robert England is just fantastic in the role as Freddie. Heather Langenkamp, um, she she played the, uh, the, the lead in this movie, uh, and she was just tremendous also, uh, Nancy. Um, I mean, she's just, I love the movie. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's. The reason it's my favorite of the uh, slasher franchises is um, because there's so much creativity when it comes to killing because it's taking place in mm. dreams and not in the real world. So you yeah. instead of, you know, just seeing somebody with a knife going through their head or, you know, into their stomach or whatever, you get these insane kills. Um, I will admit there are a lot of mental gymnastics that take place to bring Freddy back each and every movie. Um, and it doesn't make sense most of the time, but, uh, I don't care. I just love the franchise so much. And especially 
this first one is just a shining example of great horror. Uh, I believe it put Wes Craven on the map who, you know, comes back with scream later on. So yeah, just fantastic movie. Uh, Harold, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So I gotta be honest. I don't know if I've ever seen nightmare on Elm street, like fully through. Like, I feel like I've seen scenes and I feel like I've seen, like, I think the opening, but like, there's a lot of iconic moments. Like the, when the, when the hand comes out through the bathtub, like that is absolutely like if you like the one perfect shot like type stuff like if you're yeah. talking about that like that's yeah. absolutely insane. Um, what also I what also terrifies me as you mentioned, Greg. You know, not only being in the dreams, but like the fact that like Freddie has a voice. Like if you think about like you know Jason, he's kind of just silent and just slasher. Mike Myers, kind of the same thing. I mean, even Leatherface too. You know, as another prime, you know, Hall yeah. of Fame, you know, uh, horror villain. Um, you know, and he adds an element that, you know, and, and as you said, he, it definitely gets goofy and, you know, you definitely, you know, seen the clips of like, you know, him, you know, probably biting off more, you know, uh, line readings than he needs to, or, you know, getting a little bit more hokey or jokey, however you want to put it there. Um, but yeah, this, this one definitely, you know, and terrifies me because I, you know, I think we've all been, you know, in bed, can't sleep. You know, we want to just go to sleep. And the fact that like you finally do that and like somebody's going to be hunting you in your dreams and you wake up when, you know, I'm sure we've all woken up and like, oh, man, that was a, that was a nightmare. But like to have that actually happen to you day after day, you know, from this, you know, murderer, child murderer, reve seeking revenge on you. Um, because of something previously done to him, uh, you know, yeah, it wasn't. And the other thing is you need sleep like you have yeah. to go to sleep. Yeah. So right, there's no point, avoiding it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, never have seen this one all the way through. I, th I think I probably should at some point, but definitely, um, definitely a lot of things that uh, to be appreciative of the uh, of the horror genre uh, in this for sure. Good stuff. Uh, Hans, any final thoughts on Nightmare? Uh, no, I, I think I, I said my scary piece. You know, this wasn't <laughs> I, I, I can't say that after I watched it, I wasn't afraid to take a bath or anything like previous movies. Um, <laughs> You know, I was afraid to fall asleep, but like you said, I mean, it's kind of unavoidable. Uh oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad Freddie didn't get you. <laughs> I know, me too. He's still out there. Uh, Harry, what do you got next for us? So uh, next for me uh, is a film from 2019. So pretty, I think it's the most recent film on our lists, um, and it's uh, Midsummer, um, or Midsummer, however you want to you know pronounce it. Um, so this star is the queen, the the absolute A1, day one, Florence Pugh, um, and is directed by Ari Aster. Now, I haven't really talked a lot about, um, I would say, I haven't really talked a lot about, you know, a lot of older directors that, you know, we've kind of talked about. We've mentioned some names. But Ari Aster, I think, is kind of is cementing himself a little bit, kind of like Blumhouse, as far as like a name when he has a movie coming out. Like, you got to see it as far as if you're a horror fan or if you're a fan of, you know, uh, Terrible Tragedy. Uh, which I don't know anyone who is, but um, if that's your sort of tea, then go for it. Um, but basically in Midsommar, you know, if you haven't seen it again, it's, you know, relatively in the last couple of years, but um, you know, on letterbox, it's, it seems like it's seen all the time because review, it stays high up on that most, you know, recently watched list. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, you know, a girl, you know, has a terrible tragedy happen uh, to her family, um, you know, and she's, she's, she's dating a guy. And she ends up traveling out to uh, I'm trying to remember and I can't remember the country off the top of my head. But anyway, somewhere out in Europe, 
Um, and you know, this, this guy, you know, who they meet in college, you know, basically takes them out there and they go out there and, you know, chaos ensues for lack of a better word. Um, there is a director's cut of this, which I, I missed, I'm not going to lie in theaters, which I really wish I would have seen, um, because this movie is fairly on the longer side. You know, we talked about, you know, the exorcist earlier being about two hours, you know, um, the Midsommar is about two hours and 28 minutes. And the director's cut was like an extra 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> One of the, one of the one of the most terrifying things about this movie to me um, is that the majority of it, once they once they travel out um, and get to uh, you know this uh, Swedish, I just I just looked it up while we were talking Swedish country uh, or Swedish area festival, um, is that it's entirely during the day, um, and it's very it's very it's very jarring. And you kind of you can't take your eyes off the screen because it's so bright. And I saw it in a theater and I felt like I was almost like hallucinating it sometimes, like not in like a a crazy wild way. But you almost feel like you're on something because your eyes are literally just staring at this bright light. Um, You know, the film is is very, very well shot that way. And there are don't get me wrong. There are some scenes that transition to darkness. And later on, you know, it gets really dark. Um, but, uh, yeah, this movie just really stands out for me. Um, you know, I'm excited to see what Ari Aster does next. Uh, I, 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 I no doubt know we will be talking about him again shortly. Um, but, yeah, this film uh, really stands out for me. Um, it has a wild, wild ending, um, wild themes, you know, rituals and stuff like that. If that's your kind of cup of tea or cults, uh, you know, definitely worth checking out for this one. So, um Papa, what what do you, what do you think about Midsommar? Um, so I liked it. I don't think it was scary enough for me. Um, Ooh, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some some uh, horror in it. It is a horror movie, but I just <laughs> I don't know it, it. It didn't do it for me. It's a good movie, well made. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, it's got the Queen, like you said, Florence Pugh, but. Um, I just uh, I don't know. I'm I'm a little mm, in the middle on this one. I I don't I think it that. would be I on my well. Clearly, it's not on my fave five <laughs> list, but yeah, but yeah, sure. It was an okay movie. <laughs> and hands, how about you? All right, I've said this before. Like Ed, this is, this movie's probably not good for my mental well being. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I I because we're gonna talk about another Ari Aster movie. Um, in a few minutes um i remember watching because i probably because i won't watch the movie we're going to talk about a little bit any like i only watch it once and it's all i need and i won't watch that midsummer because of that movie because of how much i feel like it like really mentally messed with me i've heard people in the past say like you know if you like this will make you feel uncomfortable like when you watch it because like like and i know Howard, we had talked about this recently where you said like the whole shot like during like the whole daylight and it's just a very like unsettling movie now i'm glad that if i do watch it i have i'm like in the comfort of my own home to watch it and i'm not like in a movie theater like god forbid i like freak out and i'm not like in public um but i you know i i'm so conflicted because i hear people say how, how great of a movie it is and i hate missing out on like other people suggesting movies and i feel like <laughs> like i i feel like i'm it's like the, what, the, that FOMO. FOMO, the fomo where yeah. i'm like you know and you've talked it up. I know Sean has, I think, was like talking up before, but he like said, I mean, he's a 24 same, to he dies. He so, said for yeah. like the same reasons. He's like, it may, like, it will, it'll make you feel uncomfortable at some points. Yeah. And 
And it's kind of like with like Annihilation where like I've only seen that like once and I like get uncomfortable watching it. Like I I, I like I don't know if, if I if I watch this, like I'm not gonna be able to probably do it alone. So you're probably right. gonna get a call up one day and be like, yo, you got three hours. Just talk to some more day. <laughs> yeah, it's like FaceTime during it. Yeah, I mean um, I was gonna say God. to Greg's point, to Greg's point, I, I I could see where like if you're a classic horror guy, maybe this doesn't kind of stick with you. You know what I mean? Um, and it doesn't kind of you know take you, you know, to the levels. But I think for me, you know, there's something that's just different and stands out about these later horror movies as opposed to you know the the classic genre of it. Mm-hmm. and this one's definitely more like i mentioned it's very culty it's very like hey you know have you ever thought about you know being cults are interesting to me not that i would ever want to be a part of one um but they're interesting and you know they grab me for that and i think that's kind of what his style is a little bit more of of you know uh demon kind of you know possessed people in a cult so yeah Mm -hmm. i'll uh i'll touch more on my feelings of midsommar when we talk about you know another movie that's kind of related to it. all right all right sounds good um okay cool Uh, back to the top yeah so heading back to me now we go with my final pick from 1980 directed by stanley kubrick the shining gotta be Uh, yeah, I mean, for anybody that knows me, I have a massive uh, tattoo of um, uh, Jack Nicholson as uh, Jack Torrance on uh, my leg. Um, the Here's Johnny scene. This is just an absolutely crazy movie. Uh, I remember the first time I saw this and it was 2 a.m. I was uh, at my dad's house and it was, you know, like the only thing on TV at night. And I'm like, oh, I've heard good things about this. Let me check this out. And I was like. I had to be like 20, maybe, maybe a little younger, maybe 18. Um, But needless to say, this movie terrified me as I watched it. And I'm kind (laughs) of getting goosebumps talking about it now, but I loved it so much uh, for that very reason. Um, Just masterfully well done. And I know it's crazy because Stephen King has come out and said that he's not a fan of the movie adaptation. And I guess, you know, him and Kubrick didn't get along, but it's such a well done movie. Like it's just, it's really well made, really casted. Great. Uh, I can't imagine anybody else in those roles. And um, I just love, love, love the movie. And it's super deep too, in that, you know, people come out with all these conspiracy theories about stuff that they see and different patterns in the movie and all that stuff. So you could go down that whole rabbit hole if you want to me. I just like to keep it straightforward and that I love this movie. It's phenomenal. It's old school horror. Um, there are some genuinely creepy things in there and uh, you know, it's, it's uh, perfectly well-made <laughs> uh, hands. Any thoughts on the shining? I haven't seen it. Um, and we, and I, and I said this in the past, no, no, but I, and this was like one of those, like, and I, and I said before, like, I've never seen Jaws. Like, and I think this was like one of those movies, like back in like the seventies or eighties where like, if I didn't see it, I didn't really necessarily like go to like chase it down. Um, but then like a couple things happened, like ready player one happened, which is like the Shining's very big in ready player one. So I felt like I was missing out like on some of the references and I'm like, Side you know, note, I, that scene was it was the movie war games in the book. It wasn't the shining, but I think because right. WB uh, yeah, owned the yeah. rights for the shining, they went with that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and I, I, and I'm like, kind of like, I, I would love to have seen the references like for that. Cause it looked like it was so like heavily 
Like they, they focused a big part of the, the movie on that. And then the other one was um, Dr. Sleep, which I heard um, the book is phenomenal. I heard, I heard the movie is really good considering like, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, and I noticed like these movies that get sequels, like 25, 30 years in like after the movie's out, aren't that great. And it's really just kind of like a cash grab at this point. And like, they, they focus too much on, on nostalgia. And I, um, you know, I, I saw the trailer for Do- trailer for Doctor Sleep, um, and you know, I actually downloaded the book. I haven't read it yet, but um, but I, I want to go back and read it. But I, I've heard like really good things, and I just heard like The Shining is like one of those like kind of movies that like if you miss out on it, like it's a, it's such a great like kind of like it's a great movie like with great performances. Like it it wasn't nominated for Best Picture, or did I make that part up? I don't know if mm. it was or not. Come back to me I'll on that. You, yeah, I'll check it. Yeah um but i you know jack nicholson like kind of showing up and acting like a nut um there's a lot of a lot of from like i've seen the majority of some like or some of the bigger pieces to it but i know there's like the good thing is that i haven't dug too much about into the shining story to know like whether or not like i know there's still some surprises that come with it that i i I don't know too much about so i think if i watch it i'm still going to be kind of i'm still going to enjoy it um i the fact that that Stephen King didn't like it, um, I, I like most of Stephen King's adaptations from his books too. I've read a lot of his books, and then I've seen like most of the movies that um, are based on his books. And um, I, you know, that kind of maybe at, at one point turned me off because I'm like, well, if the author of the book doesn't like it, like I don't know if I will because I'm such a huge Stephen King fan. But um, you know, I've heard a lot of people say like, you know, just at the time, like Stephen King was going through a lot of a lot of crazy stuff so he might have just you know probably just disagreed with kubrick at the time because he was either probably on some kind of drugs or you know for whatever reason right. um but you know I, I i definitely will go back and watch it like i said i did buy it for like eight dollars somewhere so um hopefully that's probably good a good eight dollars well spent so yes I it will totally maybe, is instead of conjuring maybe i'll watch that this weekend and i'll get back to you guys or watch both. Great weekend yeah. for horror. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> um, so, got to fit in candy, man. So. And, and midsummer uh, or midsummer also. So you got yeah, one for each day. Dude, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be off a limb on Monday. I'm gonna be. <laughs> um, talk, talking gonna about be the awards. Out of work. Yeah. Uh, it was not nominated for anything for the Oscars. It won a ton of Saturn awards, which are for horror okay. and science fiction, and uh, proof that. Uh, not everybody knows what they're talking about. The Razzies. It was actually they had two oh. nominees: worst director and worst actress. So oh. <laughs> go figure. Uh, clearly, Razzies don't know what they're talking about. Uh, <laughs> Harold, what are your thoughts on The Shining? Yeah, The Shining. Um, for me, it's a movie that I I saw when I was younger and didn't really click because I think I saw it when I was probably too young. You hear everything like, "Oh, The Shining is the most terrifying thing ever." Um, you know, and talking about Stanley Kubrick, if, if you haven't seen a Stanley Kubrick movie, like his filmography is definitely something to check out. It's not very long and it's just hit banger after banger, pretty much. Um, he has a lot of uh, great films, uh, so definitely make sure to do that. But he, he was also a difficult director to work with, which is, Greg, you mentioned probably that's where the difficulties come with Stephen King, where he wanted to probably kind of make his own imagining of it. Um And I think it's a movie that if you kind of know the ending of it and you kind of know where it goes, I think it still holds up. Um, 
you know, because I remember, like I said, I remember seeing it younger and being like, that was, that was okay. Like, I guess it wasn't that terrifying, but that's, that's not the moments that like stick with you in the movie. It's not the ending. It's kind of the build up to get to the ending um, and the journey through, you know, it and, you know, through the story of, you know, being in that hotel and kind of the supernatural aspects of it. Um, you know, we mentioned, uh, you know, Chris mentioned Dr. Sleep as well. That's something I haven't seen that one, but I know the director's cut again, talking about that. I heard that one's actually better than the original theatrical release movie. Um but yeah, it's definitely something that is is chilling um, and just it's really you talk you, you see these actors like Jack Nicholson and they talk about like how great Jack Jack Nicholson is and you really have to watch a movie like that and he has a lot of range which I don't think a lot of people realize that you know they kind yeah. of think about him as you know uh, an old you know mob boss or you know whatever you know some of his later movies he was doing uh, but like watching that is a classic you know a list performance from from uh, from Jack on that. Um, and he's absolutely terrifying. And, you know, the scene in the bathroom and, you know, you know, here's Johnny, um, you know, so it's absolutely, uh, Chris, yeah, definitely, you know, knock all the other stuff off your list. And, you know, if we were, if we were doing a top five, you know, this would, this would have to be on for, for sure. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a pretty much a, a great masterpiece for it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Noted. Um, yeah, so that's, that's my list uh hands what do you got next for us all right my last one is uh we kind of alluded to it a couple of minutes ago uh the previous ari aster movie from midsummer was hereditary um i'm gonna go on record and say this is probably the scariest movie that i have ever seen <laughs> i'm not even exaggerating this movie is horrifying and it's not there's not a lot of jump scares there's some stuff that ha- not necessarily that happens and we've all seen the movie, I'm assuming. Um, Greg, yeah. have you seen it? Okay. Yeah. Um, when that girl's head meets the mailbox, that came out of nowhere. There's a lot of lot of different things that happen in this movie that are just like, like, I didn't feel settled. Like most movies, I feel like horror movies have like some sort of a settling point to get you to, to basically um, get to another point where like you're settled down. You're like, something's going to happen. They're talking about a plan to stop whatever. And then it goes to the point. I feel like when I watch this movie through like beginning to end, I didn't have that like settled down point. And I was on edge. I feel like from beginning to end. And this was before like, uh, and you know, my wife works night work. So before we had a, a third person in the house, when it was just me, I remember watching this movie and going home. And I like, for lack of a better word, I was scared S-less to just be in my house by myself. And I was 30, what, 30, 33. And I was terrified to be in my house. Every time I heard a noise, I freaked out. I got, I think I had like, <laughs> like a panic attack in the middle of the night. And there's so many like part, like when I heard like that, that clicking noise that girl makes, like, <laughs> it's like just, mm-hmm. I, I like, like it, it just, it scared, <laughs> it scared the hell out of me. And the scene with don't the turn sun, around then. Stop. The sun, <laughs> the sun when he's in the classroom and he has that freak attack where like he's basically yeah. like being possessed. Like I, I don't like I'm, I'm getting like uncomfortable just like talking about it. And then like, and I'll agree. Like I, I've had like discussions with people where they say like the last fifteen minutes are very weird. Like they're they yeah. are absolutely bonkers. 
And and yeah, I agree. But I think that like that leads to like a, like even an even more unsettled like scenario where basically the son's the only living member of the family, and he goes up to the little treehouse and he's basically like like what is it? Paimon is the name, and he's like a yeah. god now or something. And yeah. it just it, oh my god. And when like I think Tony Collette or the husband lights on fire, and it just it does not. There's no settling down point. And like, and I like, I won't watch that movie again because of how it made me feel before. And I like just talking about it and like thinking about some of the scenes. I'm just like very like, Ugh. like <laughs> I, it really, it, it honestly, it is, it is the most horrifying movie I've like scary movie I've ever seen. And it doesn't rely on jump scares. Like a lot of a lot of stuff builds up to something, and it doesn't happen. And you're like expecting it, expecting it, and it doesn't happen. But it's said something just else completely happened like they're fighting you're like oh my god like she's gonna kill this guy and then he just magically lights on fire and i'm like oh did not see that coming <laughs> and i just remember like driving home like looking at mailboxes and being scared <laughs> like i i i just i it, it honestly uh. it, and there was maybe like it took me about three or four nights where i was like really unsettled to just fall asleep or be anywhere by myself so i i just i yeah, I, I know you both have seen it, so let me let me know what you think. I'm probably maybe a big baby, but I, you know, as we as the theme of this podcast today, but we'll see. <laughs> Harry, why don't you go first? Yeah, I was gonna say you said it's the most terrifying movie you've, you've seen because you, I don't think you've seen half the other movies that are terrifying. <laughs> that no, were listed. no, See, so, is, but no, this is this the uh, scariest movie ever. Yeah. I mean, this this one definitely, uh, you know, there was great marketing with this movie where if you saw the trailer for this movie, they use the young girl as kind of like the linchpin where you think there's something up with her. Um, and then when you're watching it and her, her death scene happens, you're like, hold on a second. What? That's it? Yep. Um, you know, and then it, again, it kind of takes that kind of, you know, cult following, you know, or cult atmosphere that hereditary or that uh, Midsommar kind of has. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously I mentioned it, you know, with Midsommar, Ari Aster, Ari Aster, I'm totally in on whatever he does next. Uh, but I'm interested to hear what Papa has to say, because he uh, he showed some hesitation with uh, Midsommar. So I'm interested in hereditary. Yeah, so I I liked this better than Midsommar. Um, yeah. This was more of a traditional horror movie in uh, in my regards, anyway. Um, I do feel like it was over long, and I think that was a problem with Midsommar, also. Yeah, like the pacing on this movie, um, it's just like it feels like there's long periods where nothing happens, and then all of a sudden something crazy happens. Uh, yeah. So the the beats are kind of like really weird. Interesting. For me. Um, but I love the ending. Honestly, the ending probably makes the movie for me. Uh, yeah. I, I went into this movie not knowing anything about the movie, and um, I, I hadn't even seen a trailer. I had just heard buzz about it, like, oh, you got to check this out. It's a very unique horror movie, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I went in, and maybe that was why I was like, when is something going to happen? But yeah. in that last 15 minutes when everything goes, you know, <laughs> crazy and just Bonkers, you know yeah. yeah mind blown um i absolutely love it and it for me it's worth sitting through the long periods in between uh, two hours so, yeah exactly <laughs> or even um, longer probably so yeah i mean that that's my thoughts on hereditary good good movie um 
a bit long, but uh, you know, well acted and uh and the ending totally is awesome. Yeah, I, I don't think I saw a trailer for it either. I think this might have been like something where like I think Harry, I might have seen it with you where you just were like, Yeah, Yo, you want to go see like this hereditary? I'm like, I heard it was out. I'm like, just yeah, went sure. in cold. Like it's probably a horror movie. Yeah, that's all right. Like and I think I might have like watched like the trailer where you're like like where the girl it makes it seem like the, the daughter is like basically gonna be like like the possessed like whatever and then like 25 minutes in it's just like boop like yeah. she's dead and i'm like oh my god like i i honestly <laughs> i oh my god I, I just i just talking about it i'm like i i really am probably not happy with you for suggesting like you probably didn't know i was afraid of it but you know uh, it, it, honestly it's hands honestly i think this is more unsettling than midsummer so I think if you could get through this, you can definitely get through Midsommar. Yeah, I think we'll so. say. Yeah, I will say. Uh, you know, I just I, I don't see. trust Ari Aster. I'm not, and I'm not saying this just to like, oh, you need to go see Midsommar. But like, yeah. I, I, honestly, I think you're not giving yourself enough credit. So I don't know. All right, we'll say. Well, we'll see what happens this weekend if I watch it. <laughs> All right, uh, Harry, what do you got, buddy? Yeah, so uh, my last choice is uh, from 2005, uh, The Descent. Um, it's about a caving expedition. Uh, a bunch of group of girls go, uh, and it goes horribly wrong. Um, they become trapped and ultimately pursued uh, by, a, by a group of uh, predators. And by predators, I mean creatures. Um, so, you know, I talked about it in the beginning of the pod, but, like, for me, a lot of times it just becomes, you know, part of how did you experience this movie? And for me, I went into this movie, you know, probably seeing the trailer and it was interesting. And you were like, well, this kind of looks like, you know, a really good horror movie. And it totally met and exceeded my expectations when I saw it. So, I mean, what there there isn't an element of it like where I feel like it's almost like found footage. But like there feels like a like some movies you watch and you just have that realism of like, oh, this, these could be a real real group of people. And if you look at the actresses in the movie, I don't think there's really a star from it. Um, and even the director, Neil Marshall, like he doesn't really go to do, I don't think, too, too many things, you know, that like make him a recognizable name either. But, you know, there, there's a claustrophobic element to this movie, as I mentioned, with them going into the cave where you just feel absolutely like you're being suffocated and experiencing this movie again, you know, I'll always talk about it, but like experiencing it in a theater as opposed to at home, you know, adds an element of it to it. But you start to get this feeling um, of like, you know, is there something down there? You know, I mentioned the creatures are in there. You'll you'll find out um, as it becomes more horrifying and terrifying. But, you know, you're already in a dark atmosphere. Lighting is very limited and they really do a good job of, you know, shooting it where. You know, it doesn't look too cheap and it doesn't look cheesy and it doesn't ruin it. And it seriously seems like there's, you know, these creatures in these caves that are coming to, to murder all these people. So um, definitely, definitely a, a top horror movie for me would be in my top five. if It was more of a top five list. Uh, absolutely love this film. I uh, feel like it was underappreciated in, in the last probably five to 10 years has gained a lot of steam of being like a kind of a classic kind of horror, uh, you know, of the modern day. Um, so yeah, so what are your, uh, what hands, what's your thought on the descent? Um, I made it halfway through because I don't do like claustrophobic <laughs> kind of like that setting. Like I, 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 I honestly, I'm not sure if Happy I you started like, this one. Yeah. I, know, I, know. I know that. I don't know if I like, I, if I, this was 
came out a while ago, so I don't know if I just wasn't interested in yeah. it. I didn't see. It. I know years. I didn't see this in theaters. Um, this was probably this was definitely if I saw it, it would have been at home. So it probably could have been just something where I was watching it and just either wasn't interested, um, or the fact that I probably got uncomfortable because like tight space kind of movies, like I don't, I don't like like whether or not yeah. the horror or not. Like 127 hours, I watched that once and I'll never watch it again because it just kind of it, it's that like sense of you know this could actually like really happen. The reason I don't go caving, cave exped- expediting or whatever the word Spelunking. is. Spelunking. <laughs> Spelunking, yeah. Um, it's because, you know, a cave will probably collapse on me or something and that'll be it. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I, it's just the concept, even without the creatures, is is horrifying to me. Um, but, I, you know, maybe I'll go back and rewatch it. Maybe I, I would love to see, like, it, like, again, it might have just been something that I just might, maybe, like, my attention span wasn't there. I know I remember seeing at least half of it, yeah. um, but it's it's a terrifying concept of not just being underground in a cave, but also having to fight for your life against someone yeah. chasing you or something chasing you. Um, Greg, what what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, so I have not seen this movie, but um, I have heard nothing but positive things about it. Uh, I mean, not just from you guys, but um, people in general, like anybody I talk to that has seen this movie has had great things to say. And they're like, you haven't seen The Descent? You got to check that out. So it's definitely on my list where like if it ever pops up on streaming and I see it, I'm definitely going to watch it. I, I can't remember the challenge of why, but like, I feel like I've rarely seen it on anything. I think it was on Netflix at one point for like not a long period, but I, I don't think it's one that makes the round is yeah. rounds is quite frequently. Uh, also, I won't spoil the ending, but like there's actually two different endings, which you could read about after you see it, where like there was a different ending for European audiences as opposed to American audiences. So oh. um, oh, like know, I guess, depending, depending on where you saw it, uh, you know, just like clue, but <laughs> But it's inter- it's an interesting uh, think about the movie once once you do see it. So so yeah, that's okay. the descent. So those are our lists. Uh, we have a uh, uh, a series of questions here at the end here. But uh, before we get into that, uh, I just wanted to touch base on something. So like Harry, you kind of mentioned it. All my movies are older movies, and yeah. uh, with you guys, I mean, with the exception mm-hmm. of nightmare on elm street from chris everything else is from like 2002 forward so what is the deal with that like why why do i like old school horror movies so much uh so i'm gonna call this segment okay boomer (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, let me get on my soapbox here uh side note not a boomer i'm actually millennial uh but uh no there's just something with horror movies specifically from the 70s and early 80s that um they all follow a formula and i kind of touched based on uh, touched base on this earlier but they all start off and then they slowly dial up the tension throughout the course of the movie and then stuff just goes crazy at the end it's just insane yeah. um you know the exorcist follows that the shining follows that alien texas chainsaw all of those movies so not so much with the exorcist three but Um, you know, that's not to say that there's not scary stuff in between, uh, because there is, it keeps you invested, but like, it just keeps dialing up until the end when that dials turn all the way and it can't go any further. Um, you don't get that with current horror movies. It's Mm. just, it's really weird. Everything is about, we need to keep the audience and, and maybe it's because, 
this generation is so used to, you know, TikTok and YouTube and everything has ADD okay, or ADHD. Boomer. Yeah, well, exactly. That's why I said that. Um, you're like you... aging yourself like 30 years. Like, uh, no, I, so. I know. No. I Look, I know I am. I know I am. But <laughs> I think, you know, it's just this is the style of horror that I like. And it's not even something that I grew up with because I didn't see any of these movies until I was in my teens uh, or later. But I found that I I just love the way that it made me feel and it puts me on the edge of my seat. You know, it's kind of like a roller coaster where you're well, all right, maybe that's a bad analogy because you start off with the, the big hill in the beginning. But, um, uh, you know, either way, it's just I love the way that those movies are paced and you do not find that with current movies. If Hereditary and Midsommar um, didn't have such long periods of nothing happening in between. I would say they're closest paced to to these type movies, but um, I feel like they're stretched out a little too far with moments. Mm. Um, if they were tightened up, I, I think I'd be right in line with them and I like them even more. But yeah, so that's that's my take on it. I mean, do you guys have any thoughts on that or is there any reason that you prefer newer movies? I, I think that there at, at one point there's like a like a fine line between like i think a lot of like the i i would even say in, even into the like the 90s like there were like a lot of horror movies were basically like slasher films where it was just like a killer trying with the exception of like and even nightmare on elm street i know there's a supernatural element to it but it's for them he's a serial killer so he's like a, a killer trying to you know prey on 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 kids um and i think at some point and i, and I want to say like right around like paranormal activity kind of like the ring like those like early 2000s i think movies kind of like horror movies don't like got away from that formula almost altogether. i think like 99 percent of horror movies come out have some kind of supernatural element to it like it's not like a slasher movie and i'm not including like remakes of like like friday 13th remakes or the halloween remakes i'm just i'm still including them in like that old school um like an old school formula but like you don't get like other than movies like that just came out like Don't Breathe. I think that 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 is basically like there, there's no horror. El- I mean, there's no supernatural element. That's for the most part a real kind of scenario. And I think that I think in the in, in like the t- like 2010s, almost 95 to maybe even more percent of movies were some kind of supernatural element to it. And I think that's where they kind of um, realized that's probably where mostly where the teens and all the or geez, teen. The kids nowadays, like they're growing up with, that's what they're most familiar with. So they're going to kind of still target that audience with less of a slasher, more towards like ghosts and possessions and exorcisms and all that. If that makes sense. I I, I, I mean, I can't, yeah. I can remember the last movie other than Don't Breathe that came out that was, that wasn't like a ghost story for the most part. Mm. Okay. Harry, any thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, I think it, part of it is is like sometimes the class like you get shown the classics and like if you don't get shown the classics you're kind of just like well let me let me decide my own taste a little bit so Mm -hmm. i think you you were probably you probably saw a good batch of the classics you know that kind of helped mold that but one thing that i was thinking about is you know for myself i i usually like to i like a twist you know i'm big on thrillers dramas you know mystery movies so like if there's a if there's a genre and it has like a twist on it that like really appeals to me more than your classic kind of 
you know, oh, here's the story of Michael Myers. He's out for vengeance and, you know, yada, yada. And I think probably what hurt me, at least growing up, is one, I was probably terrified of these movies. I'm not I was probably Chris up until about, you know, 13. But also there was also the problematic nature for me where it was like, oh, like, should I watch Halloween, too? What about Halloween three? What about Halloween four? And there's this element of all these movies that had all these trash sequels, you know, for the most part, I'm sure there's some good parts to them where it was like, where do I start? How do I know, you know, which one's good? Am I going to be wasting my time, you know, and kind of developing more of my taste where it was like, oh, you know, hostile, you know, people going on vacation, you know, uh, you know, you all right. Um, like people Sorry, going for the, on for the people for yeah for the, the people that are on audio only. I had like a like a weird yawn slash burp yeah. slash like sneeze. Yeah. So there's a there's I, a mute button for that, but just uh, no. You're I thought no, I did I know mute. I know you're good. I'm I'm, I'm just sorry. joshing, calling you out on it. That's um, weird. You know, <laughs> for me, you know, like a like a movie like Hostel, you know, where it's like, hey, we're going to Europe for you know for you know before we go off to college or you know whatever, and it's like that appealed to me more. And it was like, oh, there's actually like these people are getting kidnapped and tortured. Um, now again, you know, just a final point on it. I think if we were doing a top five list, I think I would probably have more of like the shining alien exorcist on there, you know, no doubters. But when you talk about like your own flavor, like that's where you can kind of be a little bit more creative. And that that's usually where I take my chances where it's like, Hey, let me, let me think about something that people haven't seen as much or something that I really enjoyed that maybe doesn't stand out with everyone. You know, as I mentioned with the descent or even cabin in the woods, um, you know, or the new horror, like uh, something like the uh, like uh, Hereditary or Midsommar. Mm-hmm. Fair point. All right, guys. Well, thanks for letting me get on my soapbox there for a second. Uh, okay, boomer. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, boomer. We'll guys, get I, audio I can actually I can actually solve a mystery. Um, this whole podcast, I was on my AirPods for a microphone and not the actual microphone that's in front of my face. So I apologize for any cough or anything <laughs> when it came through and that little noise. Because the microphone was muted, I wasn't. So I apologize for any uncomfortable oh, noise man. that I would have made when I was coughing because I thought I was muted. Everybody's <laughs> like, wow, Chris sounds a little weird on this one. And little did we know. I'm going to have to check that with you every time we start now. I'm making a note. It's all right. All's, all's well, my friend. So that noise, that Ooh, noise, I thought you didn't hear that. I thought you were looking at my funny faces that I was making well, in the camera. Good, so apologize for that. Uh, so Harry, you had a question for each of us, which was horror film you couldn't put on the list because you haven't seen the film. Uh, yeah, so why don't Chris, you? It was, I think for Chris, it's probably all of them. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> this um, whole episode. Me, <laughs> for me, again, you know, seeing most of the classics, you know, whether whether I love them or you know enjoy them, um, I think for me, it follows was definitely one that when we were making our list. I was like, dang, I really wish I would have seen that one. And I probably could have fit it in before we did the pod, but I felt comfortable with my list. But that's one where like, it stands out where it's like, don't know if I have time to catch it. And uh, sadly, I missed out on it. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was The Descent. Um, and I promise you, it wasn't just because of this episode. But like I said, like everybody I've talked to over the years have, has always uh, raved about it yeah. or had really good things to say. So it's always been one I've meant to catch and just haven't had an opportunity. And Hans, how about you, buddy? I'm going to, I originally had the exorcist, but I'm going to go with the shining. I changed it mid episode. Um, as I was talking more <laughs> about it, um, I, I kind of realized that like, I, I, you know, if I don't see the exorcist, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I, I feel like 
the shining's more more my uh my speed in turn mm-hmm. and you know based on you know stephen king like uh, me liking pretty much all his for the most part all his movies um yeah. you know I, I i'm definitely gonna go back and watch this but i a lot of people are surprised when i say the shining that i haven't seen it so okay guys you sound Fair a lot enough. better now that the episode's <laughs> over yeah <laughs> you do too um <laughs> all right well <laughs> uh now that uh we've got all that out of the way um hands anything for the peeps uh, i'm glad that you 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 were here to bear with me through my audio issues that <laughs> could have been fixed uh at the beginning of this but i didn't notice <laughs> oh, so man. sorry for that please follow me on twitter p-h-i-l-a-t-t-b i'm at 101 okay. <laughs> uh, oh nice you got two more awesome yeah hey. we'll see it might it might and again <laughs> i gotta make sure it's not someone like trying to get me to subscribe to their only fans or not i'm not sure yeah yet. they're not bots oh, are Jesus. they <laughs> no yeah they're back in business <laughs> uh Harry, anything for the peeps <laughs> yeah i mean thanks for thanks for sticking with us uh let us know if we missed any movies uh let us know what your favorite you know horror films are what what your style is um yeah, that's that's pretty much what I have for the people. Okay, um, so I have uh, two things, which are two podcasts I'm actually listening to now, and they're um, mm. they're both pretty awesome. So, highly recommend Geek Speak last week. Um, it's a uh, pod about very geeky stuff, <laughs> mostly comic book based, uh, but they talk about you know. Uh, properties and pop culture uh movies tv um comic books video games all that good stuff so check them out and also the gateway gamers pod um so oh this is for people that uh that actually it's not video games it's board games uh for people that are interested in board games um give these guys a listen uh tremendous podcast every episode they review a board game and talk about how to play it whether they enjoyed it whether it's good for beginners all that stuff me i'm not a huge board gamer i i'm I'm assuming that's what they're called um but uh (laughs) i i like to listen to this pod and it kind of wants it it kind of helps me want to get into board gaming so um i find it very enjoyable but come on speak oh go ahead Come on over, Papa. Let's let's play some board games. I love board games. Yes, I would love to. Uh, Geek Speak last week and Gateway Gamers Pod. Give both Gateway of those Gamers. guys a listen. Uh, Papa, both I was available gonna, on Spotify. I was going to finish with one more thing because um, yeah. we kind of started the episode talking about it. Um, you know, people are probably wondering why are we dropping this in August. You know, horror. You know, was thinking spooky season. Spooky season's coming upon us, everyone. It's never too mm-hmm. early to start. First of all. Second of all, if you look at the movie list for October, we're hoping to do a lot of things with a lot of new releases around that time because there's a boatload of movies coming out in October. Yeah. Check out the release calendar. Assuming for that. they don't get pushed yeah. push back. Yeah, assuming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully. Otherwise, we'll be doing uh, our top our top five horror movies. Yeah. Um, my my and then my um, kid's not going to know who I am November first because yeah. we at the movies all of October. Yeah. And then um, you know, let us know if you see Candyman. I mean, it's apparently getting positive reviews. I've never seen the original, but you know. Uh, I think it's produced by Jordan Peele and it has a lot of interesting, you know, actors and and director with it. So uh, definitely it's going to be on my list this weekend to go check out. Cool. Review Uh, review next time. Yes. Everybody uh, make sure you follow at PS live spicy on Twitter, comment, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. And as always live spicy. (laughs) 